Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Where Martin Truex Jr. dominated, uh, dominated and got his third win of the season. What do you guys think of Truex and many of his Toyota teammates seeming to to show the way pretty much from start to finish? That was the first race I think we've had all year where I felt like it was finally dominated. So it was kind of, in a weird way refreshing to see that. Yeah, it was like 2018 vibes, basically. Like, you had the big three up there, but then some of them had problems, and then there was, like, a ton of parity throughout the field. But when it came hey. to first position – oh, yeah, I don't think we're up. Yeah, it's not up. Yeah, I don't think we're up, Eric. Yeah, it's just, like, looking – Yeah, it's just lagging. Showing yeah. live, showing perfectly smooth on my end. I've got no blips. Oh, well, now it's good on now mine. Now we're popping up. Yeah, now yeah. we're popping up. So that's, like, one of those late uh, – yeah, just refresh, guys, but – yeah hold on i think we're good that, now that's a youtube thing because if it's fine on obs and your internet's fine yeah then, no yeah. i haven't had any it's pretty good on my phone here yeah, so. see no yeah it's good on my phone now but dang freaking youtube always messing up should it... so, what y'all miss yeah so should we just like read i'm just gonna to play the start? intro again we'll be back yeah. And we're back. <laughs> I don't know what the heck just happened. <laughs> I, apparently, I mean, all my systems, all my little flashing lights here were all perfectly green. I was not speeding on pit road, so I don't know what happened there. But we had a little false start, I guess, on YouTube. That is screen. YouTube. Yeah, yeah YouTube so, glitches sometimes like that. Welcome to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. We are on my channel this week, barring any further technical difficulties. As I was mentioning earlier, we've, we're going to be talking all things Darlington throwback weekend. Martin Truex Jr. dominates. We're going to talk about the Nashville Fair ground speedway what its future may hold what its immediate future may hold we'll talk about dover we'll give you guys our picks uh this for this coming weekend's events and uh, a whole lot more plenty more in between so thank you all for being here let's kick things off uh danny you were talking a little bit about martin tricks here before our internet glitch there about how it was nice to see in a way it was nice to see someone dominate which we haven't really seen at all this season yeah exactly it was kind of unique because that was the first time that i feel like a race where the person who dominated it uh was the actual person who ended up winning it yeah yeah right. i was saying like before the glitch like it was a throwback to those you know 2018 days with the big three and at first they were up there one two three but then a few of them had some problems there was a lot of parody throughout the field but uh when it came to just first position 
Truex had that on lock. I mean, stage one, stage two, and wins, like, that's, that's flashes of his 2017 championship seasons to me, you know, immediately. And then not only is he the first multiple-time winner this year, and he's the only one, but, you know, three wins to everyone's one, that's definitely got to set you apart in terms of being a championship favorite. See, the, sure. the thing – the thing for me is it didn't feel like uh, Truex was even dominating that much for me because I, I was invested with the way the rest of the race was going. Now, yeah, Fox covered it bad at first at different points. We can we can argue that later. Mm-hmm. But the racing through the pack, the strategy during the race, I, I thought it was a really good race. I didn't think it was bad. Hold on. I got this cough drop. <laughs> I just needed to take a cough here. So is this cough drop, dude? I, I got. I've, I've been having this really bad sore throat all week. So, is it as bad as the Bristol 2019 sore throat? Or? Hell no! It's no not okay. <laughs> Probably had COVID, and you didn't even know it back then. Oh yeah, maybe that was the. COVID I mean, COVID. I mean, it was August. It was late August of 2019. But um, now that I've gotten the cough drop out of the way, we can meme cough drop in the chat. Um, the cough drop emoji. We do. We really do. Um, Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, It felt felt like a more competitive race than the numbers will allow. Uh, I can't remember who said it after the race. I think it was Denny Hamlin who said that it's like, yeah, the numbers aren't going to show it, but this was like a really fun race for the drivers. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that whether you love or hate this race, you can't deny that the drivers were on edge the entire day. I mean, Truex, you know, he was basically waving at the infield every time he left the corner and he was the best car out there. So I, I like that. I want more of that. I know a lot of fans didn't like it for, you know, given reasons. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but I want more of that. That was really fun. The last two, three years, Darlington for me, cause I, I've never been a huge Darlington fan until the past couple of years, but Darlington has just gotten better with age. I think the, I think the surface is at a perfect point right now. It's been 13 years since the last repave, and, and it's just aged perfectly, I think, compared to a lot of other repaves of the time. Yeah, it's definitely in its prime for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, Ventrix, obviously the most dominant car, was out front um, by a freaking um, – he had a freaking 12-second lead at one point. I was like, dang, so yeah, this is truly dominant. But um, it's like you said, I mean, a lot of parity in the um, in the midfield and stuff, and also um, um, uh, within the top 10 – um danny's boy alex bowman has the worst luck too and thank goodness he got that win danny because man he i am relieved like the the rest of the season has sucked like it's i find it funny people they're starting to say chase elliott is hendrick motorsports wink link but i'm like dude he's still at least consistent like bowman he just got that win and now he's like out of harm's way i guess but really the point here is though is that um you know, you saw a lot of comers and goers, but what was the most fun to watch to me is that you could tell these guys were clearly on the edge, you know, trying to maneuver these cars through these tight corners here with this, you know, high horsepower, lower, you know, a low downforce package. And, and then, you know, you see some of the reactions on Twitter where some people are saying, oh, this will be the greatest race ever. And then some people are like, this is the worst race. Like, dude, this, this is, is basically, this was a normal average race from like, 2006 to me here you know what i mean like you had your comers and goers here and and again what was most important was that the drivers could use the best of their talents to maneuver through the field and also you know use some of their equipment um to their advantage as well and that's truly to me what nascar is this whole slot car racing deal like we got to get away from that now i know this new car is promoting like some things where it's like it's going to be you know less horsepower uh, you know on some cases and maybe some 
tied down for it's like like we might end up having three different packages for like the you know for our different venues or whatever but as long as we keep driver talent as like you know one of the most important factors to being a, a successful nascar driver rather than just like hey let me stay in line get in this draft i think we're heading in the right direction I have a lot I want to say. I feel like we like touched on like four different facets of this race. So to begin with, yes, it was it was a welcome return to what we all grew up watching NASCAR, where the cars were hard to drive, and Darlington's always been kind of, if, if not the most, one of the most difficult ovals to get around quick. And so you saw, you know, you put it back truly in the driver's hands, and the the people who ran up front were arguably the best four or five NASCAR drivers mm-hmm. that existed. It was Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, even Kevin Harvick had his car in the top five all day long. Like, no, Kyle Larson closing at the end there. Like, the best drivers in NASCAR ran up front, which I think is what most fans should want to see. I think fans are torn between wanting to see the best drivers succeed, a la 2018, when everyone complained about the big three, mm-hmm. or, you know, they want to see parity, which means, you know, sometimes Michael McDowell will sneak into fourth, even though we all know he's not the fourth best driver in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. So I think fans are a bit split, which is why you saw such split conversation on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted, and it doesn't necessarily apply to this race, but I tweeted that, you know, a boring race with the 750 package with car slipping and sliding is more fun to watch than a boring race with the slot car package. That isn't to say that this Darlington race was necessarily boring. I think this race was slightly above average, kind of like you guys said. It was a very typical NASCAR race from the mid-2000s. I thought I agree with that. I think that was very, very accurate. Had a little bit of a lot of things. Um, But at the same time, I will also concede that last year's Darlington races, at least two, because they raced there three times last year, at least two of last year's Darlington races might have been more entertaining. You had some yeah. dramatic finishes, like when Truex tried that slide job on Elliott for the win, and they wrecked them both. And then uh, when Elliott got wrecked by Kyle, Elliott was just a punching bag at Darlington last year. But you know, <laughs> you had those dramatic moments. You didn't really have any of those in this race, aside from Larson's ballsy three-wide middle move, which was maybe the hottest thing I've seen all season. So I'll give him that. You can't do that with the slot car package. I'll give him hey, that. Hey, hey, what are you talking about? You had, you had Stuart Haas Racing leave their mark. They left their well, they did in a, in a negative way. It wasn't hot. It was that was that was depressing, if anything. But uh, so, so I'm, I'm trying to cover all my bases here. But yeah, there's. I think this is you know low downforce or not necessarily low downforce, but harder to drive in the sense that the cars can step out from under you at any given point. That is the direction I think most fans want NASCAR to head. That's where most of the, all the drivers want NASCAR to go towards. And you know sometimes you're going to get a butt kick in. Martin Truex Jr. is known for doing this from time to time. You know there's nobody. I don't think there's anybody in the Cup Series better at just dominating when they have the best car. Like you know other drivers may have the best car, but you know Denny Hamlin will speed on pit road. Kevin Harvick's pit crew will leave a lug nut loose. The 19 team Truex doesn't matter who the crew chief is. Apparently, Wallace. when they have the best car, no mistakes. They execute. They run away to 12 second leads, like you say. Yeah. So what? I, I don't mind seeing a butt kicking from time to time, but and I wouldn't blame the package for it in this case. Truex mm-hmm. could have done that with the 550 package as yeah. well. He really is becoming one of the favorites there. He started winning there back in when, when he went his first one there. Was 2016, it? right? I think it was 2016. Uh, maybe. Where? He won at Darlington. Was it 16 or 17? He won his first. It might have been 16, maybe. No, it was 17. It was 17. 17. Oh, okay, he was 17. First there, and uh, I think it was the what? auto owner's car. You're saying 2016 in the chat. Well, yeah, I thought oh, it was 2016. Yeah, no, yeah. it was 16. Yeah, he those years. I'm sorry, those years washed together. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's, that 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 was one thing from 2015 through about the the first half oh, of 2018 that yeah. just washed together. For they me. said he won 16 and he almost won 17, but mm. something happened to him and Hamlin got around and won. Oh yeah, he had like a blown tire or something. And I don't know. Last year, 
look like he would have won that one and uh the thing happened of elliot so he's becoming one of the darlington favorites honestly see Ooh. some of these people they were crazy like after cole pern had left they were like oh truex is his his career is over he was just carried by cole pern <laughs> well no now he's starting i think to it was i think it was val- I, I i think it was a valid thought at the time i mean i had that thought i mean i, I think we part, on this podcast talked about it a little bit yeah. because he went yeah, from a little bit. four five six eight races a year to winning only one i guess when i'm I, i'll rephrase that like i don't know like some people expected like him to just decline automatically like he wouldn't be like a play like i'm like oh that's there, that's too much i mean i won't go that far but there were i mean there were reasons to think that i mean his age he is definitely one of the older drivers out there he had never shown true his true potential aside from with cole pern I think it just shows nowadays a more experienced driver and and a more mature driver. And, and uh, it's also worth noting James Small studied under Cole Pern for many years, so I think he's uh, still getting good cars. But that's not to, uh, that I don't want it to sound like I'm, we're taking things away from Truex. I yeah, mean, we yeah. All can to agree, me, no, he's a top yeah, to, five driver. Yeah, to me, Martin Truex Jr. is like a finer version of a of a, a Sterling Marlin type driver. You know, like, not going to have much success early in your career, I, but then you know now he's starting to take starting see, to take it to new heights. No. I think of Truex like this. So, like, if you're going to – like, I'll say you grade a driver overall. I'd give Truex, like, a 95. Like, more often that's than a, that's not – That's his 2K gonna, rating? Well, just, <laughs> well like, like, let's go. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying like this. Like, like, he's a 95, but, like, you know how, like, Madden has potential? Mm, he has a yeah. potential of, like, a 99 to 100. Mm. He always has – you know, he's he, it's a very high ceiling, very low basement. He's consistently good. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody like, say, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, I'd I'd say his rating is higher than Truex's. He was but, always on 100 potential, but, though. <laughs> but I think I think at this point in their careers, Kyle Busch has. I mean, he's shown it. So this is got a lower base out there. Yeah, he does. Lower, he has a yeah. he has a much lower base. I mean, even before Streaky. this happened, even before 2015, if you look at like if you look at about 2012 to 2014, Kyle Busch, he was a good driver, but he was like he was in the same range that somebody right now like Christopher Bell is in. He's getting a lot out of his equipment. It's where the equipment should run, but he ain't winning all the time. Yeah. And I think that's where like Truex was before. And I think that right now at, at this point of his career is Truex's basement. Whereas Kyle Busch's basement is like a 12th to 13th place driver. Ooh. Like, so, so what I'm saying, Truex hit his second round of Toyota, he became someone entirely different. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is it's like, you know, if we're looking big picture championship wise, what that is, Truex is gonna be up there. He's been up there like every year for what you know, like five, six years. Yeah, like since he, 2015, man. He's, he's been you, consistent. You, you know, if you're gonna win, you have to go through him in some way. And and I I just I think right now he's showing why you know he's, he's showing that again why that is. But I think he's showing why he could be considered the championship favorite. I mean, he's not as consistent as Hamlin. But he wins more. Yeah, he's yeah, certainly he my championship favorite. He's, yeah. he's definitely a driver who's like, who's like a wine. It's it's terrible when it first opened up, but as it sits there for a while, it's gotten better of age. See, I this like is that. Cr- I like that. Th- this is crazy. Ten winners in the first twelve races of twenty twenty one, and he's won three of them. You know, so yeah. like, dang, like nobody else can can compete with that nineteen team at the moment. No, he's clearly set himself apart. And like you said, Jared, about Truex not having that low of a basement, even last year when we all started to think he was on the decline, winning only one race, he still made the round of eight with a brand new yeah. crew chief. So he was still good. Like, okay, he was still was good. Mainly just adjusting to the system changing. Now the system is there and it's back running. And also, you know, we were in the middle of a, of a freaking pandemic, the delay and stuff like that, all under a, a freaking rookie crew chief. Like, I imagine 
there will be a little bit of a fall off next year, just adjusting to the new car, but it's not going to take real long either. Yeah. So we'll speaking of fall offs, <laughs> let's we talk talked about Stuart Haas <laughs> Racing had kind of a night and day performance. Kevin Harvick, I thought, ran really well. Chase yeah, Briscoe, Chase Briscoe managed, I think, to finish eleventh. So credit to the, to the rookie mm-hmm. Chase Briscoe who ran great in the Xfinity series here last year. But yeah. the other two SHR cars were responsible for two of the biggest incidents of the day. Cole Custer, it wasn't his fault. It was not his fault. Yeah, I think yeah. it was that spun out in front of him. Alfredo, Alfredo I think, kind of got loose. Can we just yeah. go back to what you just said there, Eric? You said Harvick ran, Harvick ran kind of well. But this is Kevin Harvick. This is someone who won nine races last year. This is somebody who won this race the last. Well. The last one of the one of the he won no one he, of the won two in, he won in the spring too yeah yeah, 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 yeah he, he did, did. He, so did. He, he won here two times last year and we're still we're now what are we twelve races in now are we eleven something twelve like that? yeah we're twelve races in and I can't maybe there's been one where he'd come up close but I can't really recall one where I felt like Kevin Harvick is in contention to win this race so at Kansas he finished second to KFB. But, but, but yeah, it wasn't like there. It yeah, happen. yeah, no, it just was like a last second deal. But yeah, like he was up front. But I mean, it was funny. I was about to tweet like, "Hey, Kevin Harvick's really putting them on their backs." Like, out of boy. And then uh, at the at that same moment before I press send, Amarola in the wall. <laughs> like, holy lap six! Lap I know. Six. And in the Mark Martin retro scheme too. Like, dude, this is just horrible, man. This is just an awful season for that team. I fully believe in my mind. They they they've got to be saving something for the next gen. They've got to be like I feel like, dude. There's no way. There's no way. There's this either, like... either that or or you know the past couple of years they've been outperforming their equipment. I I, I haven't taken a look back at the past couple of years just because I haven't thought uh, of it. But I would be. I curious. don't think it's I don't think it's that because I definitely feel like the equipment was there because that year in 2018 every single driver on Stewart Haas got a win. Yeah. Yeah, but I would I would be very curious to look at comparisons of 2018 to 2021 Stewart Haas racing with 2015 to 2018 Hendrick Motorsports. I'd be uh-huh. really curious to see how those numbers line up because there's always going to be one that's good. Harvick is that one and now the rest are falling off. So I I I haven't I'll, I'll take a look at that probably after the show, but I would be very interested to see how they line up. Uh, between uh, each ranked driver of like who the best, worst, whatever. They're just uh, tanking for draft picks. Someone in the chat said that. I think that's a good. That's probably. They're tanking their for performance on the next gen. I'm gonna believe tanking, that. Tanking like, for Tua. Yeah, they, they they keep tanking like this, and they're gonna be looking for replacements in the ten and forty one. Like like dude, like Eric Eastep in his uh, review video on Sunday pointed this out. Roush <laughs> racing. My full name. Eric. <laughs> hey, we're on we're on Eric's we're on his channel, so I have to be all official basically. <laughs> So basically, the okay, report- Darian Gilliam, please tell us what Eric Easton. <laughs> See, I was like going AKA through my Black little reporter thing. Yeah, <laughs> but no. So basically, like he pointed out that Rouse Racing, I mean, both P nine and ten, both of them got a top ten, man, and then only one Stuart Haas car gets a top ten out of their four. Oh, oh it is. It is rough, man. I'm trying to pull up where Almirola is in the standings. He's still 28th, but that gap to, I don't know, 16th, let's not even think about that. He's not getting there. Continues to get wider and wider and wider. You know, it stood out to me afterwards in his, his you know, post-medical center uh, interview. He, you know, kind of said, oh, it's just our season, just bad luck. This he wasn't said, bad I luck. pray. I pray we get it turned around. Well, he like, can oh. pray all he wants. All I know is this wreck was not bad luck. He he got loose, had a car underneath him, and it's their fault they were starting in the rear anyways because, remember, they failed inspection. So mm-hmm. it's not just the drivers messing up. It is the team. It's just everywhere. They're trying to find that edge that they lost between last year and this year, so that's causing them to push the envelope. And it's just spiraling, whoops, spiraling out of control. I have a new microphone, so I'm not in a different <laughs> position than usual. It's spiraling out of control, so – 
I don't know. You hate to see. Trying to guess Eric's middle name, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to guess it because it's a dude that's name. Yeah, like I feel like um, Eric. Do do y'all know my middle name? No, I think you said it once. Probably said it once. We'll save it later. But like Eric, like Eric Amarola's fall off this year, I'd really have to compare it like a season starting off this bad, like. I think he's like below 30th in the standings now. Like he's officially outside the top 30 now, I think, or like damn near close to it. Like the last guy I can remember having this start bad of a, of a year is like Bobby Labonte in 2005. But like he wasn't coming off of like a really stellar year. Like I'm a roll of, you know, for his standards, you know, last year was a pretty good year, made the playoffs and all in storehouse equipment. But now it's like, he can't find anything you know like and no luck at all and then well this case you know last weekend it wasn't luck you know it was like purely it but yeah it's just it's a tough deal i i know we're gonna talk a little we have maybe a little more cup to talk about but i want to slightly transition to the xfinity series while we're on this shr topic because mm-hmm. we can complain or not complain but talk about how their present day driver lineup team whatever it is is not performing their future doesn't look great either because riley herbst driving that 98 car that he got uh, kept on that ran, ran kept fantastic at darlington last year ran 25th for much of the expand years. Yes. Ran outside the top 20. It was sad. To, they did a side-by-side commercial break where they just stayed on Herbst's onboard, and the whole commercial break, it was just past. Jeremy yeah. Clemens going by. Joe Graff Jr. going by. I, Joe Graff Jr.? No! If you're trying to tell me you're going to take out either, either Custer or Amarola for him, I'm just saying, just to free sign him. Just free sign him. Gosh. They may not have a choice. I mean, I don't, Custer's good. I think Custer will figure it out. Amarola's the one I'm like, mm, I don't know. You know, if, if I'm Stuart Haas, someone I'd actually start turning my attention to. I don't know if he's really got an enjoyment of where he's at currently, but Ricky Stenhouse has proven he might be ready for a, a chance of another team. Like, anything's, like, better than what they currently have right now at the moment. Like, everything seems, like, more positive. But here's the thing. With Eric Amarillo, though, like, he still brings that Smithfield money. So, like, people are like, oh, they'll just get rid of him. I'm like, Yeah, ah, but they went down. They yeah. decreased their sponsorship, so it's oh, not yeah, like that is true. Completely yeah. done deal the way that like Shell is now for mm-hmm. Logano. Yeah, so I mean he still brings some but, funding though, not as much as he used to. So I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> I, if they'll be as hesitant to get rid of him or not. I I started you know going back to the Herps uh, stuff. I started watching the uh, the race a little late. I was uh, outside doing some yard work, and so I was listening on the radio, and. Uh, Man, I mean, at first I heard it's like he started towards the front, and I just hear and ever and they're like and everybody is passing Riley Herbst, and <laughs> and here's the thing, when here's the thing, I'm like, I wasn't surprised, I was yeah. expecting it, like I was, and, and when I went in, I'm like, okay, he's probably like what twentieth, you know, maybe maybe like an eighteenth, nineteenth, twenty seventh, yeah, it was, it was bad, bro, it was it was bad, and then like and then what was even worse is like they posted like the way the car looked on social media and like he obviously got his uh a few uh darlington stripes as they call it and like the replies are just like well that's not good he wasn't running for like pos- like a, a a top position it was like he was just trying to control his stuff like so they were just hammering him in the thread man i i think i think you know he got moved up too quick i mean for, yeah for however think, fast he, he needed to go ran, he never even ran a full truck schedule <laughs> never yeah and it is, it's I feel like we, we all will do wonderful things. Well, we could have all seen it coming. That's the thing. And yeah. that, that's, that's the downside to, to a lot of ways. I think that's the downside for a lot of paid drivers as, as we want to call them. Cause I think we can call them that uh, if we're going by the definition of fans have Yeah, is that, yeah, they can get paid their way up, 
but if you don't gonna, perform, if you don't perform, everyone's gonna come it's, at you. It's gonna I think stunt it just the bothers me that Ty Gibbs is going out in a, in a blank '54 car when he could have Monster on the hood, but instead oh. they're running oh, can, 25th. Can we talk a minute about Ty Gibbs? Yeah. Always. Oh my God. Seriously, he was like, if it wasn't he, for those two speeding penalties, and for he, almost I think he would have won that restart. He, I, I think so too. He was He's the he real deal. Contender, yeah. first time to but, Darlington. But, no practice crazy before that second caution he was running down the two leaders like a tenth a lap and was less than a second from him with like what what was it like 30 to go 20 to go i can't remember how many it was and i'm like geez and i'm like yeah people could say he's a rich kid but the dude just like he's earned it that's the thing he's yeah. earned it he's, earned it, yeah. he's, one those, he's one of those drivers i don't you could he could be named uh todd blue or something like that <laughs> I and, even thought about that he'd still be a great driver yeah what about todd green, todd green. oh he's yeah, sure you know, Park him. <laughs> he's just a natural talent man just put him in anything and he just I runs up front man i literally could not think of a last name i so looked at my microphone there was the word blue looking right at me so. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. Pay driver, just because you're, you know, quote unquote, pay driver. You know, same with the word gimmick. I don't think that automatically is a negative thing. Pay drivers, you know, is no, really they bring funding. Exactly. You know what I mean? But like, the, you but can like, be good. You, there can be talented pay drivers. Like, let's be mm-hmm. like, Joe yeah. Logano came from money early on to get his start in racing, but he was really, really good, and then like, got other people's attention. You know, a lot of the so, greats they come from money as well too. It's just like the, it's just the, it's just the right. negative side of that is that you know people want to see people making in in uh, in in motorsports on merit but the thing is that rarely happens so like when they don't perform then they know reality racing nowadays even at a local level you gotta have money to do this yes you're you're not poor and being race car driver dude even a freaking skid plate race it's like a four it's like a lot to me like i I would go skid plate racing just for fun if i could just because that's that's funny (laughs) but i mean it costs money too the argument for being a rich kid becoming a race car driver is kind of out the window when you kind of need money to get into sport in the first place. Yeah, so like it's just it's only used though when a guy's not doing good. That's it. When a guy yeah. or gal's not doing good, then everyone's like, "Oh, it comes from daddy," you know, all this stuff. Like, so yeah, that's just the other side of it, unfortunately. I'm looking forward to Todd Blue's first NASCAR Cup Series start. Yeah, uh, we'll yes. really quick. We'll talk about a little more about the Xfinity race. We'll talk about the winner. We'll also talk about Fox basically ignoring Dale Jr.'s life work, uh, and then we'll talk about the truck race a tiny bit as well. Um, but Jared, do you have the playoff grid pulled up, or did I put you on the spot? No, no. I was just looking. I, I I'd forgotten to take out the fact that Gregson won the dash for cash when he actually didn't. Oh, oh he no! Did. He, 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 did. he got reinstated. Yeah. Oh, like it, oh, it did. When yeah. did that? Before, when did that come out? Like today. before we went live. Yeah. Okay, because like I looked at Bob Pockers's Twitter like an hour before we went live, and they're like, "No news still." Okay, so he did win it. Yeah, hey, he did. yeah there you go. So, I got the uh, playoffs right here. Yeah, let, let, uh, fill us in with the Cup Series playoff grid. I don't have to list off the winners, do I? And no, we all know. Who's no, we know. Who, we know yeah. who they are. Yeah. Okay, you, you can right. tell. You can tell when Rusty's paying attention to Pandy. You, you can kind of put Denny <laughs> Hamlin in there as a winner, sort of. He's already locked in. Well, how many anyway. points ahead is is Hamlin? Do you have that number? I want to know. Uh, let me do a little mental math here. Let's oh gosh. Um, carry the two, and then thirty-two added to. Okay, so um, holy Jesus, if my math is right. Which it very well may not be, so someone needs to check me out on this one. I want to say 
261 points. That's a lot Jeez, of points. That's a lot of points. And he's had a few ruffle races too. I could, get like, a few, I could cash those in for a few a few free sandwiches if I wanted to. That's a lot of points. Jeez. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check this just to be sure because yeah, just to be sure. Just just to be sure because yeah. I, I trust myself but not that much. Yeah, I'm right. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little smug like hmm, I got that no, right I'm right. <laughs> feeling himself. <laughs> Now ask me to do an algebra problem, and I'll probably fail at that. Anyway, um, after that, there's Kevin Harvick. He's up by over 100. Same with Chase Elliott. Uh, after that, 14th, Austin Dillon. He is up by 48. Look at looks Dillon. Like. Nice. Quiet, consistent. This guy I am rooting for to make the playoffs just off a of performance. Uh, now that I've said that, I probably cursed him. But 15th is Chris Busher. Mm-hmm. Another top win. 10. I'm yeah, telling you, that yep. wasn't a fluke when he won that stage at Homestead. That wasn't a fluke. He's coming <laughs> for your money, boys. <laughs> well, and we talked about this like back when he signed it first with Roush. It was like, maybe down yeah. the line he could bring it back. This it's a late I, bloomer now. Yeah, yeah. It's a late bloomer, though. Newman but. put the six <laughs> card in the playoffs in 2019. So when Busher took over last year, I thought he may, I might make the mm-hmm. playoffs last year, and then they just sucked. But I really wonder if, you know, Chris Busher, he's – Still plenty young, going to be racing for a while. And I really wonder when Newman eventually decides to finally hang it up to retire, they have no development program with Roush. There's not really much of a, well, aside from maybe Deegan, there's not really much of a true Ford developmental plan going on right now. They might be better off when Newman's finally done just going to one car and using all of their stuff to make one good car. Yeah, or I mean, you can look at the other side. Maybe with some of these like four drivers coming up through the ranks, maybe Roush might revive. I don't know. You never know. So you can see on both sides. Hey, Trevor Bain's still around. That's all I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> hey, how's he? How's he doing in his coffee shop too, man? I, don't I, don't know. Know. I need to actually go out. I need yeah. to actually go to the coffee shop one day. I need to go. Do, yeah, I need to do that too. Be like, I, so far away. We go do that before a national trip, but it is too far away. I gotta be. I gotta shake his hand. And be like, hi, sir. I made a bus um, video about you. Can I buy some coffee? <laughs> Uh, and then Matt Mangiato and Tyler Reddick, they're tied right now on the cut line. Stenhouse, 18th. He's minus 19. Uh, Newman, minus 22. Kurt Busch, minus 20, 28. That's oh, a surprise. Oh, only, uh, only minus 28? Damn. I'll just look for some some relevant ones. Bubba is now up to 21st. Chastain, 22nd. Uh, Suarez, 23rd. Wait, Bubba gained? 25th. He gained a spot? He gained a spot in the standings? 21st, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I um, Almarola is starting to fall behind the rest of the competitive pack. Mm. Um, he is currently 20 points behind Eric Jones and just about 40 points over he's Anthony behind, Alfredo. He's behind Eric Jones. Oh, no. no. He's less than a full race ahead of Anthony Alfredo at this point. Oh, oh no. 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 And nothing against Eric Jones. He's just not in the same equipment as he was last year. Oh, my. No. Well, to be fair, they're, uh, I'm looking through the numbers right now. And there is, aside from Kevin Harvick, the, the second highest SHR car in points. Anyone want to take a stab at this one? It ain't Eric Almirola, so you got two options. I'm going to say Briscoe after 11th place. Briscoe. Briscoe. Y'all are right. It's yeah. Briscoe. Yeah. He is currently, let's see, six points ahead of Custer. But Claudia nice. made this point, like, I feel like this was the first time all season where we felt like we've seen Briscoe, like, at all. Oh, like, yeah. With, with Stuart Haas, it's been like, okay, Harvick is there. 
and then the rest of them have been hiding, except for Amarola, because he's always crashing, so you always see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the other two, Custer and Briscoe, they're usually forgettable, you know, but, like, obviously you saw Custer this week for all the wrong reasons, but, I mean, Briscoe, it was finally good to see him up there. Like, he was in the top five at one point in the race. I was like, what? He's up there? Like, whoa, like, uh, like okay, okay, so... He's starting to make some improvements. Don't get me wrong. We, we, we kind of like talk bad about Amarola, but first, like, I, I do like Amarola and I wish it was working out better mm. for him, but unfortunately, it's yeah. I, if I see him, it's because he's crashing. I hate to say it. Yeah. Oh, this, there was another funny part we uh, forgot to mention when Bubba was blocking Truex trying to get that thing on the lead lap. And he yeah. still failed. Yeah, I know. I think, I think Truex was kind of cutting him a break, and then he was like, nah. This, he, and then Kurt Busch passed him coming out of turn four, and that was oh, all yeah. for naught. I, I felt like like in Truex's head, he's I, he's probably mad at, on the radio, let's be honest. But I feel like in his head, he's like, all right, kid, like I, I've had it. This, that's I enough. Said, this I'm going. Enough. That sounds like yeah. something Truex would say. Ah, kid. Dang it, kid. <laughs> like Sully from Uncharted. Well, he kid. told him, like, hey, get his head together. You better tell him to get his head together. <laughs> Now, really quick, uh, thank you, FanRan10, for the 100 Canadian dollar super chat. 100 Canadian dollars! We will get to all the super chats in a short while, but I wanted to give this one some special attention because, my God. Uh, he says, do you think it's fair for Cup champions to drop down to the lower series? I feel it's unfair for Kyle Busch to drop down and most likely win and also get the lay of the land and have the best setup going into the main race. What are your opinions? Hey, uh, I think at this point. At this point, there's no sense in arguing it, and NASCAR has done a great job of like limiting them and making it where they don't earn the points. So yeah, honestly, yeah. at this point, it, it is all fair, and it, for a lot of cases like Kyle Busch to attract sponsorship, it is fair to have your, you know, your team owner, your star attraction, be able to run a few races with those sponsors. Yeah, I'm with Danny on this one too. I grew up, you know, I started watching NASCAR 2004, 2005. It's like basically. You know, I grew up in the, when the Bush series was like at an all time low in terms of like Bush regulars winning on a weekly basis. So like from 2005 to 2006, there was only like a few, you know, a handful of drivers that I can think off the top of my head winning that were Bush series regulars. The rest were basically just cup guys or, or bushwhackers as they called them back in my day. So basically like if it's nothing like that, then like I'm fine with lower guys. And like Danny just said, there's like so many restrictions now to like limit the drivers and like, and they even limit them where uh, they can't even run during the uh, playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. like during yeah, the special, like that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect in my opinion. It's a perfect deal. I think some of the restrictions yeah. are good. I think, yeah. At the same time, I know a lot of Xfinity and Truck Series drivers like racing against them from time to time. It really gives them a chance to see where they stack mm -hmm. up. And I will say, this year, Kyle Busch has not dominated in a lot of the races he's gone down. His, mm -hmm. his driver, John Hunter, has beat him a couple times in trucks straight up. So it's been more competitive lately. See, John Hunter, to me, is just another cup driver, but that's fine. Well, I, like I like it how it is now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think having a few, like, restrictions is good, but I wouldn't want them completely kicked out. You know, it, it's kind of funny. People always brought up back then. It's like, yeah, y'all hate it when Joey Logano and, and Kyle Busch are going down, but you ain't saying anything about Carl Edwards or Dale Jr. or Tony Stewart coming down and winning, like, once a year on the regular. Mm -hmm. You ain't saying anything about that. Um, so I think I think having them down there a bit is better. I, I think the ratings the past couple of years have, have proven that you know in a lot of ways that the Xfinity series right now, at least in the very least, is uh, it, it seems like the competition and viewership is healthier now than it was before they put them in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, on that note, let's move on briefly. Talk a little bit more about the Xfinity series. We already talked about some of the uh, maybe the the lowlights from the Xfinity. Or we talked about Ty Gibbs standing out, even though he yeah. finished like 16th and killed his average finish. 
Got to watch those speeding penalties, man. It's but not 2.3 anymore. It's like what? Justin Allgaier got the win in that gorgeous Tasmanian Devil mm-hmm. throwback scheme. Is that his second win of the season, I yep, believe? Yep, he won yes. Atlanta. Second so. win of the year. And uh, his team owner, Dale Earnhardt Jr., paced the field in the opening laps in that retro. Was it Dale Earnhardt restored 19? Oh, you have it written down right here for me. 1984 <laughs> Nova. That was That was gorgeous. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see too much of it on Mm. tv a lot of people are complaining about that they did now i will say this i'll give fs1 some credit they did show it for an extended period of time during the pre-race about 20 Mm. or 30 minutes before the green flag but i also understand that most people haven't tuned in yet by that point so it's kind of you know they got it out of the way maybe earlier than they should have what do you guys make of one all guy winning but also the do you guys feel dale jr's work got snubbed that's how some people felt from how they hyped it yes yeah Uh, i guess I i was listening on the radio and they had the crowd mic on and they were starting to go nuts and they're talking about how and again this is just me again this is me going completely off the rails and geeking as an Earnhardt fan um go for it they, they were talking about how he was right up against the wall at one point the way he was during his career and as me for me as a junior Ooh. fan that's something that like I just I hold in my heart I love that that's I love nostalgic. watching Dale Jr. an inch from the wall and so I, I'm, I'm outside doing, you know, like I said, doing yard work, trying to finish that up in time. And I like sprint inside to see it. And instead I see, you know, basically a bunch of people looking like they're in the nineties. I know it's still hey, you know, Gregson, but... Dale Jr. Or in the booth. You got a copy? Like you just get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like seeing Adam Alexander thinking he's an in sync or something. Oh, oh yeah. And then like Bubba and, and Jones, they were like wearing they the, they pulled it off. Yeah, they did. They pulled they did. it off. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, but that was disappointing. But it didn't kill. I mean, it did nothing whatsoever with the race itself. It didn't kill the race. Yeah. So. As far as the racing, though, Junior Motorsports, man, like those are the two. Those were my two most favorite schemes, probably in the Xfinity series, and they both finished one two. And then Josh Berry finished with like nearly the same identical donut yeah. as Junior had on the side of his car. Like that was nuts. And then the funniest thing, the post race, Allgaier was like, "This is for the blue." Uh, this is for the uh, uh, the blue shirted guy in the middle of the stands. He was giving me the two fingers, so it motivated me a that little was, extra to win. Interview. I was like, that was. I'm like, dude, we need more of that. We need that more often. Like some of these idiot fans being called out by the drivers. That would be funny. Yeah, if we see that more often. Not not too much. A, was it Todd Blue in a harmless way like that? That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Todd Blue jealous that Allgaier stole his ride. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so that was Todd Blue then. Yeah, we found the culprit, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, Xfinity race was fun. Didn't have quite the same punch that the two Xfinity races at Darlington last year had. But those, uh, there was the Hamlin Chastain finish, and then the uh, Briscoe Briscoe versus Kyle Busch. Those are going to be two all-time classics. Didn't quite get there, but I thought, I thought, and we've talked about this last week. I thought the Xfinity series won the weekend overall as far as throwback schemes. Like I love what some of the guys in the Cup did. Like I thought Corey LaJoy went all in. He was fantastic and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. Xfinity from the Gatorade Daryl Waltrip car to the JRM cars. So many great skis. All the UPS throwbacks, it was great. I yeah. just remember. Oh, good. I didn't expect there to be two UPS throwbacks, and they were both beautiful. I just realized this. That's right. The truck series happened. What was that, wreck? Oh, yeah. The truck series. Well, remember on that? that? Note, we, we can talk about the truck series. Sheldon Creed got the win. I didn't actually get to see much of the truck series race, unfortunately. Oh, there was a huge that's pile the, of money. That's the ARCA oh, truck right. series, correct? That was the ARCA truck series, yeah, man. Was... That was no camping world truck series. Oh, my gosh. Well, and then on top of that, watched the, it. Well, what, what happened there? It was the KBM drivers got squirrely. Yeah, they like got, well, well the, the people behind them hit them got as they're getting squirrely. So they hit each mm-hmm. other, go up into the wall, go back down into the second row, that blocks the whole track. I mean, it, it looked like a Talladega wreck. It that's, really did. 
that's what happens. Speed. That's what happens yeah. in NR two thousand three when you put like the AI drafting distance on like zero point five or three, some some <laughs> obnoxious number, and then they just like wreck on the start. Like, dude, that was basically like almost the whole field. And then what made this even more funnier was that after Sheldon Creed wins, then him and like Marcus Lemonos kind of have that little exchange, and we can get into that later maybe. But that I'm was like, yeah, that was yeah. So like the Truck Series race, that was something else. And correct me if I'm wrong, did Greg Biffle appear in the booth at one point? I heard he, did. That he did. For like half he the did. race. Yeah, he did. And then wow. also Michael Walter, Mikey wore his two fire suits. So like that yeah, was... he... I did see some disturbing images of those <laughs> tightly fitting fire suits on my He fit better in the Napa one. I'll give him yeah, that. Yeah, like that that oh. other, what, what was it, the Country Lemonade one? That was like, oh, <laughs> no, oh, no. I think he's like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like oh, probably older. I don't know. But through all that, one thing that I pointed out like in our chat immediately and I have here is that Jordan Anderson got a top 10. I did it see did. that. See, yes. I, I was at like a family function type deal and it was interesting. I was meeting people I hadn't seen in a long, long time and I kept being introduced as that NASCAR guy. And it was funny because at one point someone came up to me and I genuinely had the leaderboard. I was shuffling through it seeing like, oh, Jordan's in eighth. Oh. I was like, what are you looking at? And I had to be like, oh, f- I'm – I'm looking at NASCAR at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I lived up to all the stereotypes. It was uh, it was rough, but no, that was awesome. Same. That Jordan got a top. Yeah, 10. I can't wait to see Anderson race at Coda. That'll be cool. I can't wait to see him race in the Xfinity Series finally. <laughs> but Get by the way, I'm out there. I'm gonna break all immersion here with this thing. The way Darian did last week. Do, uh-huh. do you like Do you like what I what I typed in here though for the crash part? Wait. Oh, hold on. Let me see. Second one down. You don't even have the damn thing open. Oh, I do. Well, it's like here. It's just oh. <laughs> For for those of you listening or watching right now that can't see it, which is everybody, uh, it says "Holy crashes, Batman!" Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. How long was the race? Because I saw a lot of people complaining two. about the cleanup times and stuff. Well, too like two, too, like, it, too, it, too it long for like a truck race. Every other week, that's the case with the truck race. Was it Daytona Road Course earlier this year? Where the that was race, the longest truck race ever. It was the longest race of the weekend, longer than yeah. the Xfinity or the Cup race. That's insane. I, I was stuck. I can't even remember where I think I was like in Chattanooga. I was stuck for like days on end because of that snowstorm and watching that. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, you know, my girlfriend and I are there. I'm like, we'll go to bed after the truck race. It oh, won't be yeah. that long. Oh and yeah. An hour after where it's supposed to end. She's like, is it going to be over? And I'm like, well, there's 12 to go. So no, I remember I was feeling sick around that time too, like watching the truck race. And like, I was just like, Oh my God, like, dude, I'm trying to go to bed. Like, when is this over? <laughs> like just kept going forever. When will it end? Uh, so this is basically the same case for the Darlington race, I guess on a lesser scale, but. Oh, for the love of God, the fly is back. At the fly, the famous iceberg fly. The fly is just excited about these TV ratings for the Cup Series race this weekend. Jarrett, you got the number pulled up, correct? What record did NASCAR, did the Cup Series set on FS1 this weekend? <laughs> that, was, that was a good segue. Yeah. Um, well, we got a That's one point. That's my middle one. name. <laughs> we got a one point and one rating, which is about three. By one million viewers, which makes it the most watched FS1 race since 2017. Ooh, wow. Ooh, best in the post Dale Jr. era. Since That's Dale Jr. Good. race. Yeah. Since he raced. Wow. It's dying, guys. So it's dying. Oh. Dude, these are fantastic numbers, man. Now, we did lose out to the PGA Tour, of course. I mean, that's enough animal. Not in viewership, just in in the rating. Oh, in the rating. Okay, okay. A bunch of 18-year-olds, I guess, were watching golf for some reason. I've never heard of such a thing, but okay. Hey, maybe maybe golf's back on the swing. I don't know. But NASCAR is for sure. I mean, mean, for 
Uh, I, I wasn't even trying to be cute there. <laughs> that just happened. But no, so basically what happened is, I mean, dude, like this is a, this is an awesome deal, you know, especially on a cable channel like FS1. You know, this is a huge W for them. Um, you know, obviously, like like the, uh, the nostalgic guy, me, you know, who misses, you know, us being on Fox and NBC, you know, the big Fox and, and NBCs, you know, on a weekly basis like i miss those days and i'm really curious to see what the rating would have been on there and the increase with that but like four million yeah but i mean for fs1 though this is a good this is a good w for them and i mean what is this now three four consecutive races with rate three three straight weeks with ratings increases when was the last time that happened it's been a while uh 2018 i think yeah, yeah wow one of the two yeah um, one of those but they weren't like big ratings increases like this i don't think I said, I'm just, I'm happy about it, man. I'm happy that we're finally <laughs> able to actually talk. Like, cause that's, I mean, we always were like, well, you know, well, this was on and we kind of use like excuses. It's yeah. Like, but no, we beat, well, halfway beat everybody else on the weekend. So yeah. I, there, I, I can't help but to be happy. I know a lot of people, you know, watching don't really care about ratings, but it's important with, you know, the TV news we keep hearing about mm. and, and the upcoming deal. So I, I think this is, this means a lot more than people think. Means Mother's Day races uh, might be here to stay. Speaking of ratings and things on TV, I know a lot of people have also been simultaneously keeping up with their uh, NFL team's uh, season coming up. Mm -hmm. Just want to say to Darian, uh, the Titans and the Rams will have a Sunday night football game this year. Oh, wait, where? In Nashville? It'll be in uh, LA. Oh, dang. Oh, okay, okay. Damn. If we were in Nashville, that'd be perfect. I'd definitely fly out there for that one. I got to fly to see a Tennessee Balls game this fall, though. I got to experience that. (laughs) Well, we also, last thing we have to talk about regarding Darlington, and then we'll get into all the other stories that you guys want us to talk about from this past week. Jarrett, what were the numbers on the famous iceberg pole? The pole! The famous iceberg pole! And do Stay we, in, me. do we, we in fact have a new, new pole, pole record? It's like Let's the third go. week in a row. Wow. Yeah. Look at well, this. Me- Maybe maybe the poll is key to keeping people invested. I don't know. Yeah, the I mean, ratings yeah, go TV, as the poll yeah, goes. Exactly. So so but. last week. So okay. So let's go back. Before Talladega, the record was thirteen point four thousand. Then it went to fifteen point seven with Talladega. Fifteen point eight last week. This week we broke in the sixteen point three threshold or sixteen threshold. We're at sixteen point three. Nice. Pull to the moon. Um, My only question is. Where the heck are those 16,000 watching this show? Come on, guys. Yeah, I, <laughs> I legit had somebody like that deleted their last comment last week because I went a day ahead to look. And the per- person's like, you're just being negative so you can get the last comment. And they're like, for the show. And they're like, what show? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And I'm like, I've like, never heard of that. I've yeah, they literally is like, I've never heard of that. That's so funny. <laughs> so if you're watching, I did see you before you deleted that. Anyway. What that was show? funny as hell, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers for it. Um, well, we had... 12% of you thought it was great. 46% thought it was good. 30 said it was average. 8 said it was below average. And 4% of you said it was a bad race. And they can see uh, on the screen that I, I voted knew. average. <laughs> <laughs> I voted good. I have more than one I, account. I, was torn I voted between average. I was torn between average and good. It was it was in between. There. I voted average. Yeah, it was an average race. <laughs> so we had 58% net approval to 12% net negative. Uh, which means this race is tied for the 59th out of 81 all time and for net positivity. 
which puts it around the same place as the second Pocono race last year, this year's Richmond Spring Race, and that's it. it it's ahead of uh, the Fall Kansas race last year. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. That's big. That's big. And the 12% net negativity puts it uh, with this year's Kansas race and the Fall Talladega race last year. Um, out of the Darlington races, this is the lowest voted by a large margin. Wow. No, wow. I think I'm crazy for voting average. Oh, what? The, like, I guess because the cars weren't closer? It is fifth out of five. And here's what, it, here's what like the, the ones were before this. It's 88, 88, 87, 73, 58. Wow. Wow. Goes by a lot. So this race was very polarizing when you think about it. Because here I am thinking like it was awesome. Then you got others basically like, oh, it was terrible. Like what well, why? Because they weren't closer. Like, I don't know, they would just give you different reasons. But it was just dominance. I, I think if you get That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you gotten a dramatic finish like one of the Darlington races last year, but mm-hmm. you know, with this package race throughout, people would have loved it. Like think about it, low downforce created those two great or helped create those two great Xfinity finishes last yeah. year. So I think just the fact that somebody dominated always is gonna make people kind of laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like in a season full of parody such as this one, I mean Truex winning all three of those stages, like that'll probably definitely affect the positivity of a race, you know. All Fans right. will watch dominance, but they'll often complain about it, is what I Yeah, think. yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't care. If a guy's the best, then he's the best. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of these comments here. The number one comment was from Charles Peterson Jr., who said, Larson may not have won the race, but holy crap, that threading the needle with a few laps to go was the best last-ditch effort I have ever seen. That was cool. It was gorgeous. That was good. And he, it was clean, too. Didn't even like have to ruffle them a and little he had bit. To get, and it was, he was getting by Newman in the process. Like, whoa, Newman probably had no yeah. idea. Like, how did he do that? Nobody's yeah, ever Newman, Yeah, he's Newman's like, like, he's like, he's like, dang it, I should have blocked him sooner. Probably. <laughs> what if he did? What if he just decided like, to, <laughs> he just to like, shut no. down the move of the year, you know? <laughs> well, building off that, because a lot of the comments are off Larson here. The <laughs> second comment is uh, is is about CP uh, from CP Metis. Who says turn one at Darlington only has one and a half lanes and nobody shows up with one and a half race cars. Then it shows in bold. Larson shows up with one and a half race cars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Austin Higgins as a Larson fan, lots of space between it. For the love of all things holy, stop finishing second at intermediates. Thanks for coming to my talk. That's what he does. Yeah, he's got they, now like four top fives, I think. They have the best year. mile and a half program that five team, but they can't close out these races. That's this just was problem. impressive because this one's a mile, not almost a mile and a half, but it's with yeah. a different package, and he still is fast. So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. He's still it's, fast, but he just can't. Oh, and he just can't get it. You just can't close yeah. the deal yet. Well, so thanks for the, coming to my. <laughs> look at your super. Oh, look at your <laughs> delayed on yeah. my Jesus. Yeah. Uh, oh, really, really quick. Sorry, Jared. TVP. No Holy moly! Y'all are crazy tonight with another bright red blood red hundred dollar super chat oh, american <laughs> dollars this uh, yeah, time. american we bleed american here yeah. I've, I've read it and i think it got the exact kind of reaction i thought they would like, <laughs> uh but yeah so he just wants to read it'll be worth 90 dollars yeah, he just wants <laughs> to see what a reaction with the super chat would be keep up the great work guys and continue the success and continue to grow well it's very easy to grow with great support from people like utv <laughs> yes. underscore 83 really truly appreciate we are support. funded by viewers like you, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I just scrolled down to another comment. <laughs> Wayne, the motorsport fan, says Stenhouse, Rex Almirola, Amarola, damn crack hog in my way. No! <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we need the drivers like we get the drivers like Corey LaJoy wearing Alan Kowicki's fire suit. Next, we need the drivers to like role play as the people they're throwing it back to. Like yeah. we need them to like talk like the drivers. We need them to drive like the drivers. That would be going all that. The theming at that point would be next level. Hours and hours in a makeup booth getting. Uh, plaster on their face where they look they, like the they need to go all out like Jimmy well, Johnson did like the him combining the petty and Earnhardt thing that was crazy was, Jimmy was going around in that outfit last year smiling for all the cameras you're not in character man he needed to just like scowl at everyone yeah like, that is I feel like for some reason I feel like for some reason Eric just said uh we needed drivers to role play I feel like it's gonna be cut and be put on NASCAR weekly meme cast hey, they yeah. absolutely could if they well, wanted um, to. <laughs> I, I, I said the announcers get into it too, and they just. Oh, hey, oh, oh! I swear oh, I can't get a word in because they just give you a hundred bucks chill. every time. <laughs> y'all gotta relax. I, I, my face is redder than even usual. <laughs> well, thank you, Vote Kyle three thousand. Yeah. My God, y'all going to Coda? I only just got my RV mm-hmm. spot assignment. I'm going. I know at least three of us will be there. Yep, yep. Twenty first. I fly out twenty first. Do wait. you think the track returns? I, I think there's a, a possibility, but I don't even I, know. IndyCar I, is one and done, so I don't know what's going to happen with NASCAR. Dude, I, I feel like for NASCAR and Coda, they would at least give this track like two or three years, I think. you know. Like, I hope so. It's happens. weird because it's SMI basically promoting for Coda. It's SMI coming in and kind of doing mm-hmm. it. So we'll see if that relationship continues. And it's also confusing. you know, The F1 now adding two Grand Prix in the U.S. confuses it as well because I don't know how rock-solid – coda is on the f1 schedule beyond the next they couple should of keep years. it i feel like they should i think keep they it. should but will they i just don't know mm-hmm. i mean the I mean, business in that track have been a little confusing yeah. for a couple of years. i saw some people talking about coda and i want to i want to ask this to uh to you eric because you've been there but people were talking about at least at the f1 race that like water bottles were going for 21 dollars and beer was going for like 25 i i've not been to a and, formula one well, race at coda so i do not know but that <laughs> wow uh, and here's a rule that oh. i did not realize uh but but I know that the three of us going will need to definitely uh, prepare for. Uh, I'm gonna be doing some pre-game hydrating, not with like not like pre-gaming. I mean water <laughs> yeah. because water. Water. they yeah. they only they only allow one unclosed water bottle in. Like Austin, Texas, man. So it's, so it's not like Daytona and I could just bring in a whole thing. No, it's not like every other track on this schedule. No. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, man. No wonder they're going bankrupt, man. Of course. And I want this race. Stingy, stingy. Well, to answer your question, uh, yes, we will all be there. Vote Kyle. And hopefully it's fun. I hope you have fun camping out. And hopefully the water is not $20. That would be. Dude, I'm not buying any. Late May in Texas, water should be affordable. Dude, water at the freaking airport is cheaper. And that's like expensive. (laughs) Like what the heck? $20. what you need to do is like put it oh my like gosh. Just find places to hide it. Okay, we'll get mm-hmm. the we'll get it here. We got to get to the end of this stuff. Yeah, well, thank you for the support. We will get to the super <laughs> chat to the moment. Jesus, right. y'all got it. wow. Another Sorry, I got one. distracted. So, just saw y'all know we do this every week. We we rotate the channels, so get that in mind. Uh, Pluto Pluto CH says stage winner MTJ. Fantastic. Uh, let's see what else we got. I'm I'm trying to find new people, but there's so many of you I've talked about before that. Let's we see. gotta change up every now and then. Weather boy says two top tens in a row for Busher. Yeah, that is wow. Yeah. He's cooking. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Vegas dude twenty four twenty four says uh, I like what we saw with this package today. <laughs> nice, nice. That's that, that, that's a nice reference there. Solid. Let's get to the last comment. All right, it's, it's gonna All be right. negative. I know negative, you said one got negative. Deleted. It's still gonna be negative. Someone's negative. gonna fill that void. Yeah, so fill me up for negativity. 
It's from Canadian Flash. Wait, Danny, what do you think I it is? Canadians are nice. They're always kind of like, you know, chilling. Canadian Flash. That negative, bro. I'm going to go with negative. I'll say it's a negative Canadian. I think it's positive. I I, I, I trust my friends up north that I don't know at all because no. I haven't been to Canada before, but I think they're friendly. <laughs> Canadian Flash says, boring as F. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You let me down, Canada. How could you do this? <laughs> You're not my buddy, pal. You're not my pal, friend. You're not my friend, buddy. See, oh, Canadians, man. Canadians are the same as Americans, only they just like sound different, basically, to me. That's it. <laughs> what? Well, what? a lot of them speak Negative. French, so oh. that might do something different. There you go. See, whenever I think of Canada, I think of like just like the Toronto, oh, Vancouver not, part. No, I, I said it wrong. You're not my friend, guy. How do you say boring in French? I'm going to look it up while you guys keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for voting in the famous poll. The, the famous, famous guys for poll. poll. And just like Americans can be negative, Canadians can also be really negative as well. Ennuyeuse. We, as you can tell, we definitely don't fall into stereotypes. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> can y'all hear that in the chat? You guys aren't going to hear that in the chat. Ennuyeuse. Ennuyeuse. I'm playing the Google Translate over the stream. <laughs> what? That's, that's French for boring. Ennuyeuse. Oh, like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. I said that we got more. We Oh my god, we went over the race weekend for a damn hour. I know, I just realized that, so we yeah. gotta crunch this I'm, in. I'm, I'm, I say we stop throwing back to the throwback race and uh, let's get Let's just it. move forward. Well, we yeah, do we have... have yeah, we've got some future things to talk about. So late last week, there were some scheduling rumors, a lot of them put out by Adam Stern. But among them, um, Ben Kennedy, who is kind of in charge of scheduling at NASCAR right now, says NASCAR starting to put started putting together preliminary drafts of the 2022 schedule, and he eventually wants to expand its scheduled presence to the Pacific Northwest and broader North America. That's all according to Adam Stern. Also from Adam Stern, specifically Mexico City, Denver, are, are and Denver are possible locations of a future street course race um, and then of course they're also focused on on chicago first and foremost but starting there more street courses what do y'all make of the possibility of going international back to mexico city which i believe the xfinity series raced at about 15 years ago last yep, 2005 I'll, I'll go, to like 2009 first, i think i'll go first on this one i just want to say that we we know for sure if they go to denver danica won't be there with aaron Rodgers being there. No. um anyway <laughs> I, i'm i'm intrigued i i want to stick with one street course a year uh i i think having too many i mean we, we already have seen the complaints with the road courses so going to street courses which nascar has not done in cup ever or ever. at least in a, no not ever a long time well, yeah on a beach yeah. um or around that time uh I, I i think they should definitely ease into this one the same way that they they are with dirt uh, as for going to the Pacific Northwest, it's an untapped market. I think maybe one race there a year might be good. Uh, think, Portland might be an option. Portland or, or possibly even Seattle. Yeah, that place is very – they're very motorsports well, driven up there too. Like there yeah, were some guys Peak. at the – yeah, Pikes Peak, yeah. Oh, and they have uh, – I think Portland International. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, that's, an, that's, a, that's a spectacular a short, road course. It's a short road course too. Yeah. With exactly. a straight course because it's, it can literally just be – made up anywhere and do it wherever i kind of like the idea and i know it would it would be unfortunate if you're like oh well, we want to we want to get to chicago market well then what if you're like well i want to get to seattle market so maybe if we're going to do a straight course and it can really just happen anywhere as long as you make the track 
why don't we if you're going to rotate anything all year rotate your street course and go into a new market each year yeah i don't i wouldn't mind that and yeah you also mentioned too up there in that region of uh of the united states seattle that would be another spectacular untapped market you'd, there you'd, as well you'd have to have the rain tires ready because it's all yeah that's, basically yeah, that's what i'm saying it's tricky it's tricky all right like that 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 would be probably a memorable race because everyone would be slip sliding away um yeah, that'd be as, for, as for going to mexico city i think i mean i think that is something that we, we see the races up in Canada. I think expanding to all of, of North America might be the best option to start with for NASCAR. Cause yeah. you know, in the internet era, everything is definitely going more global. And I, I think that expanding your audience there is the best way to really survive in this landscape so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. You might have the majority of them in the American basket, mm-hmm. but a, a race in Mexico, a race or two in Canada, I think would, would do a, you know, a lot of good for, uh, for NASCAR and growing it in different countries too. I mean, I, I look on YouTube and there's people from all over the world, you know, people from Britain, people from like Australia, people from France that are reacting to NASCAR crashes, NASCAR stories, NASCAR, this and that. Oh yeah. It's always those reaction channels all the time. It's like, yeah. here's, yeah. A, uh, here's an up. idea. What if you wanted to do this? If you could do a straight course literally anywhere, uh, say you say we're racing at Charlotte, have a bye week and then that gives people time to go overseas for a race maybe a race in in london like give them that give them that week to get everything together ship it over and then have another bye week afterwards to get reset back in america See, if that this is the, that would cut the momentum too much i think on on viewership nascar is very momentum driven with it and then on top of that like i understand why they're staying in north america with that just because of the time zone differences yeah and also just like the logistics of traveling and getting cars still, there. Yeah, you can still just drive up there with your truck. I right? I feel like, though, that they would do that if they would, you know, if this whole new street course racing and then also like, you know, just um, tapping into these untapped markets. Um, once that's successful, then maybe they can start exploring like other options like Danny pointed out. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. And I think Canada, Mexico, both worthy. Um, and I think if you can find a, a fun, a competitive track somewhere out in the Pacific Northwest, I think that would be great because that mm-hmm. is kind of a clear glaring hole on the map as far as NASCAR tracks are concerned. Um, in Seattle but, or Denver, one of those two. But NASCAR. I'm with you, Jared. I don't want to see more than – I don't want to see a ton of street courses suddenly flood the schedule. No, like, no, you know, no. I'd be okay with like a, maybe, I don't know, another road course or two at some point down the line if this new car really races well at those. Um, but yeah, it just flooding it with street courses. I, you know, I think we've all set our piece like, on that one. I know, I know they keep talking about this new car might make the street course racing better. It's just like, but you know, just to me personally, based on history, like, I mean, just typically street courses are not the, they're usually not the most entertaining. So like, I feel like NASCAR is just doing this either way for, um, to be more aesthetic pleasing, I guess, uh, in a way, you know what I mean? Like to get it in these giant markets and stuff. And it's like, Hey, NASCAR is not just about ovals, you know, Hey, we yeah. race on street courses. Like, it. yeah, they're doing it to break that, the stereotype a little bit. So different. like, even if the racing sucks, NASCAR is still going to view this as a giant success. If they're able to tap in these markets and get, you know, the amount of fans they want to. Yeah. So I feel like the racing is like secondary in terms of like street course racing to me, like, but if they are able to make this new car better then great. I don't, know. I don't think I, I think that's a bad way to go about it if that's the real strategy like the, i think the racing always needs you know if, if the racing is good fans will come yeah just that's typically that, based on history those street courses again for every long beach there's like 10 or 12 others that fail you know what i mean so uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes 
Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, though. Dirt tires or uh, sand tires. Yeah. Next, next, sand thing tire. we, next thing. Let's race in the desert. Let's just race in the Sahara Desert, basically. Yeah. Just get the dirt tires on there. Lovely. Uh, also, though, in future scheduling news, we're not just talking about these newfangled street courses and road courses. We're also talking about some old favorites that might be getting renovated or at least seem to be building having support built up behind them. Marcus Limonis, the CEO of Camping World, said on Twitter last week that he's willing to invest up to a million dollars into North Wilkesboro Speedway and even open up a small camping world on the property. Uh, and then kind of going off that, Dale Hart Jr. has been at Nashville Fairgrounds in the last week or so promoting NASCAR's ah, return to that track. off those Karens. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's uh, right. So, and then Marcus Smith from SMI has, has talked about both tracks a bit. They've, they've been trying to prepare a plan for North Wilkesboro. We already know about their plan for the fairgrounds, which we'll talk a little bit more at, about here in a few moments. But starting off with North Wilkesboro, do you guys think this is at all realistic? I know I know Marcus Limonis. He's got some deep pockets. He's throwing a million dollars at it. But I think I think it was even Dale Jr. who tweeted, who's a huge supporter of all these tracks. He even tweeted that you know it's going to take like another hundred million to really make this thing happen. Yeah. Is that realistic? Darian, what do you think? I again, like we've been. I feel like this is the same song and dance, you know. And I mean, just you know, a little bit more money involved from uh, uh, Marcus Limonis and stuff. It's just over the years, North Wilkesboro, they've had different people come and go. I remember way back in 2011, there was like a lot of hype for the track to come back when um, the widow of uh, Benny Parsons um, got involved with some investors to try and bring the track back. I mean, they did bring like some late model racing there, and as a matter of fact, Chase Elliott actually won like one of the first races back there in 2010. But, I, you know, fast forward a decade later, and I feel like, okay, like, yeah, Marcus Lamone is putting putting in his Camping World money and hyping this up is cool. But like you just said, Junior tweeted, look, it's going to take 80 to 100 million to really make this deal happen, you know, to renovate and shit. Like, I feel like the, there is potential, though, because it seems like the, you know, the locals really want it. And they yeah. were putting up banners at, like, what was it? like billboard like, now that says yeah, it. Yeah, at, like, their town hall meeting or, like, something like that. Yeah, and, like, their town hall building or something. So they want it back. But it's, like, it's just a matter of getting the logistics together to try and actually make it happen. But, I, I mean, I, I feel like Jared's kind of in the same boat as me. It's like, look, I'll believe it when I see it. I keep hearing all this stuff before. But, look, until something happens, it's just a pipe dream to me. Same. That, that's pretty much me like I, I would love for it to happen i'd be a full-blown supporter if this really got taken off the ground and there's more concrete stuff yeah. behind it i would go to the races if they came back to support it but there's just there, there's nothing concrete here there's just i'll do this well i'll do this well i could We're do crowdfunding this. a racetrack maybe and yeah it's the ways and ways to go no i, I think you're if exactly it's 80 right. to 100 we're yeah that ain't happening yeah, yeah. We, we still need dozens more Marcus Limonises, if you will, or one, you know, Super Marcus. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. I like that. A Super Marcus to uh, to, Let's run down to the Super Market Marcus Limonis. And buy ourselves a brand new racetrack. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think North Wilkesboro, we've talked about before, would be really cool to see back on the schedule. Does it make the most financial sense of all these, out of all these other projects to focus on it? Maybe not, but if you get the right supporters, if you get the right people behind it, the right names behind it to throw their support, you know, anything's possible anything's possible and i think there yeah. i think would be a welcome place on the schedule for another or or he's tricking everybody and he's gonna bulldoze the track for multiple camping oh, worlds right. <laughs> <laughs> he puts an overtones over here a, a whatever good sam or whatever they own over there yeah it dude, dude they would tear him to shreds if he did that <laughs> he's like troll them like that he's like well, nah you know you know, one that that uh, is very much there and doesn't look like a bulldozed is uh, the fairgrounds. I was gonna hey. say, speaking of uh, of 
of tearing people apart. Uh, a few uh, local Nashville residents have opened themselves up to some some very valid criticism and some uh, just more creative criticism, perhaps. But I'll let you guys, I'll let you especially, Jarrett, take control on this because you paid probably the closest attention to it the last day or so. But yesterday, uh, the Nashville Fair Board held their monthly meeting and heard testimonies from many in support of and many against the idea of NASCAR and Speedway Motorsports renovating the Nashville Fairgrounds and bringing the Cup Series back to that racetrack and uh you had some people supporting it daryl waltrip showed up and just got up at the podium and talked a little bit about what the track means to him and then you had a lot of locals that in some cases cited incorrect statistics and facts when making their their statements but uh you had people opposed to it some for eric's too nice he's too nice i, I mean i'm just i'm trying to be as objective as possible i know i know because I, I know jared's gonna give his a uh, very uh <laughs> his hot take, not hot take but his like you know <laughs> I, I didn't think i went too overboard yeah it's oh, just they're they're just so easy to make fun of though. Well, so the the one woman that stole the show is the one who cited how many. She said there's like what five Formula One tracks five F1 in, Na- tracks. in Nashville, not just in the U.S., which is already not true, but in Nashville oh. alone. That's yeah. She said twenty to thirty minutes of of Nashville. Okay, keep, so the, the so the so the super speedway, and then they had to make one in the middle of downtown on the street. And keep in mind too, she's probably mistaking the upcoming IndyCar um, Nash- downtown Nashville street course race for like F1 maybe, but like she said yeah. five F1 tracks. Like, dude, she's clearly Australian and like F1's really big in Australia. So like, I figured she, she said NASCAR. Know- she did. She- NASCAR, I know, Joshua Bell. Yeah. She said it the same way. NASCAR. Yeah, Joshua Bell. I swear, bro. listening to her talk, I was waiting for her to like start a revolution. Yeah, she got louder as it went and started like getting angry oh, oh, Jerry, get into like, that yeah. too what was she doing she was like screaming a bunch of nonsense and all that and then everyone was like yeah. my dog like, has nightmares because of nazcar yeah so, yeah okay okay here. okay okay so <laughs> <laughs> to start with they opened the floor to those who were pro fairgrounds which and like listen we're laughing about this but this i think all of this played perfectly into the hands of, of nascar fans aside oh. from I, I will say you know i agree with a few people on twitter said yeah we probably did go too too far in some places i'm waiting for like someone could edit in like that scene of of uh george lucas being like i think i went too far in some places <laughs> um but overall i think this was a win um because you had the people who were for the speedway citing correct statistics uh they were calm cool collected uh said their piece respected rules seemed pretty good whereas everybody right now is talking about basically attack the karens is what they're calling it a lot of them are (laughs) um there were a lot of people that were doing theatrics yelling uh, citing incorrect statistics, leading everybody with in- incorrect statistics. So I think on face value, this is a win for the Bristol side. You saw even the person who was against it on the fair board was basically like asking the same questions, getting answers, being upset with that, and then going and asking the same question in a different variant. Um, as Matt Weaver said, he has diff- he has higher operations, so he's probably needing to like show different people that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of politicians. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, yeah, this one I will say almost starts to make more sense because it is almost seeming like some of these responses seem like they're so dumb they can't actually be real concerns. It almost does feel like these are people that that's the last guy. 
that particular guy has gotten some people like on board to say things it feels like but um, i wouldn't say that as it felt like a last ditch effort it felt like the, a lot of these people and, and again these people should be involved in this yeah uh, a lot of these oh, yeah. people do feel like they're out of desperation because most of them are purely from these responses they don't make any sense it's purely from a selfish standpoint yeah you don't want it there so you can't come up with a legit reason why so you have to basically come up with all of this like gibberish if you can, like if you can give a response that is going to actually make it make sense and the closest thing that i've heard so far to things that don't make sense one the parking that is a real issue yeah two mm -hmm. someone said okay but the added pollution but really that one doesn't really matter you're already in you the live biggest, by nashville you're in the biggest metropolitan area in middle tennessee you go downtown you're gonna Dude. find buses you're gonna find lots of uh lots of cars you know people doing uber and stuff like that you're gonna find trains running through you're gonna find sometimes there's a riverboat out there you're gonna see construction sites you know, you're and the party see, boats. Don't forget about the party boats, man. All these yeah. party freaking places. Yeah, like all the all the party buses out there. Yeah, like there's so much. There's so much more. And she honestly, the the Broadway area probably pollutes so much more. Those bars than, have enough pollution coming out of them as is. I, I we walked by them. I was like, whoa. There is, <laughs> the like a lot of this stuff that I'm hearing, I hear it, and I you know from their point of view, I can kind of get it, but the thing is. You're basically showing up and saying, "Hey, I live three down. I live three blocks down the road over here, and I know you're a private business and you can run this however you want it to, but you also can't run it the way I want it because I say no. It'll yeah. inconvenience my life somehow because my dog well, won't be able to handle the sounds well, and blah blah blah." I, I, yeah, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. I I will say, you know. While I did kind of dismiss some of the cl the claims there, some of them are legit. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the no well, the noise one is a legit yeah. one. Yeah. How is Nashville going to mitigate it? They've they have plans, and and I I trust uh, that with SMI being in control. I mean, SMI has taken some huge leaps over the last couple of years and doing things we never thought possible. Bristol Dirt and the Roval being the chief among I, them. I didn't think that uh, was a possibility. But, Damn. But hold on, hold on. We what we, we got to realizes a lot of these people don't know jack squat about racing mm -mm. you know i mean confusing f1 nascar and indycar and all that it, it is funny i mean let's be real it's not just funny. one f1 track in national but five but, i can oh. <laughs> but i i think that you know if there's I, Bristol, in in the sense here, does need to do a better job of getting out to co the community, and I and they've done a good job already. But there is way too much misinformation. If that's the only that is one of the only gripes I think I have with this so far is like, if these people, you know, if if you haven't talked to these people, you need to go talk to them. If they're not willing to, well, you know what, you tried. Uh, yeah. But but these people are are don't know what's going on with the speedway right now uh and and that's not only on bristol but also on on the city themselves they need there there needs to be more integration uh with all of them working together on this uh so so i will say that is one area that not many people and i didn't even talk about that in my video that we need to focus on is these people need to to learn but it's going to take the people that that we're rooting for in this to do that uh, I don't know how, how you get through because, like I said, it, it looks like it's a, a last-ditch effort. At, in the end, it might not even matter. They might just vote on this without taking their concerns into consideration. Um, but personally, if I have to, 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 to give a 
chance of, of this happening uh, based on what I heard, the, the the actual people making decisions, their reactions, I, I would say that it, it sounds like it's a much better chance than I think the citizens make it sound like. Well, I so think at the end of the day, they're going to go off of what what's going to, what's going to what, where's the money going to come from and my thing is you know I, I don't live in nashville i live in hendersonville pretty close to it and same thing i've said i'm so happy that nashville super speedway is back but if you tell me that we now have two racetracks within you know less than an hour from me that are going to host nascar race weekends i'm all for that and i'm going to take my money there yeah well as what you were saying jared i believe three out of the four voted I guess in favor or at least positively towards those who are in supporting national fairgrounds. So it sounds like um, the support is there, Um, but I do want to back that up because again, we've joked, we joke about the people that make, you know, the fall that, you know, that have the misinformation out there that just don't, you know, fully understand what they're talking about in some respects. I think it's important to, to get people on the ground to help talk to them and maybe reassure them or at least give them accurate facts. So they know that there's not five formula one tracks in the area. So they understand that this is kind of a one of a kind speedway that could be a huge boom to businesses in the area and things like that. But I also think it's important to not, you know, as NASCAR fans to, to, not lay it on these people quite as as much as i think many have so far like if i was if i lived in the neighborhood next to nashville fairgrounds and i was kind of on the fence like oh you know it'd be kind of cool to have a track there or racing there but at the same time it's gonna be noisy gonna be crowded if i was on the fence and i happened to go on twitter in the last day i would absolutely be against the track right now i think because i think i i would probably feel insulted by many of the people whether that's a Uh. correct feeling or not like as funny as it is when the woman complains about her dog not being able to hear because it's too or that her dog gets scared of the rumbling race cars and things like that. Like they, as goofy as their opinions may be to us, their opinions are as valid as any of our opinions. I think as much as we want to see a racetrack there, they have every right to say they don't want a racetrack there for whatever reasons they have. Their job is to get up in front of the board and make their reasons sound as legitimate and as, you know, intense as, you know, they need their reasons for the track not to exist to somehow outweigh the financial benefits of the track existing or of NASCAR coming to the track. So that's their job. That isn't to say that, you know, so so I don't, you know, they're not wrong. They're just, you know, they, they, well, they're wrong about some of the stats. They're not wrong about their emotions. emotions yeah, are emotions, we shouldn't but... tell them how to feel. We shouldn't tell them how to feel. No, I, I, will, I will say, though, there needs to be some accountability on their part. They, mm-hmm. you know, some, a lot of them have been like, we thought that this is getting torn down. It's like, well, yes. You know, <laughs> that's, that's your personal well, problem. That, no, that's, that's, that idea. I, that's, well, they were saying, they were talks of that yeah. uh, when a lot of these people did move in. But I, I will say, though, is that, you know, whether you, you know, I've been getting into crypto here. So if, if it's like, whether it's investing in different things or whether it's moving somewhere, uh, you made a decision and it ended up not being a good decision. And there, there, there are consequences with that. Part of that is, is something coming in that you don't like or want uh, just be, you know, as, as valid as their, their, um, well, I won't say even a lot of their criticisms are valid, but as valid as their, uh, right is to talk about this, it is just as valid of a right for the people at the fairgrounds who have been there much longer than any of them. I think somebody quoted, they've been there 117 years since 1904. It's it's, Mm. it's just as much their right to bring in whoever the hell they want. Uh, especially if they follow all of the laws and ordinances that have been put in place for them. 
Right. I think so. I think there's perfect a perfect balance, and that is, again is the goal of the people that live there that don't want the r- racing to return. They've got to make their argument sound more compelling than all the financial benefits that NASCAR would bring to the facility, and I think mm-hmm. that's what people are going to have to hear. But I just I just mean to say that as silly as it is when the woman complains about her dog being scared, you know, it, it's silly, but it's she's not necessarily wrong. Like these are the actual arguments that NASCAR and Speedway Motorsports are going to be up against, and those arguments, as silly as we may think they are, do have some weight to them. And so I, I think you know. It's it's wise not to overly belittle those arguments just because you know they're silly to us. I guess. Um, yeah. I know if I lived next to Nashville Fairgrounds, I would absolutely not be opposed to racing it. returning. But unfortunately, many people that live there are not racing fans, so we're gonna have to convince yep. them one way or the other. Educate and inform. That's the same thing. Educate mm-hmm. and convince. I guess. That's yeah. The, that's just inform. Here's yeah. here's my idea. Hey, would you guys like free tickets to the upcoming races? <laughs> that that yeah. might help. Or, or, or I, I think we some j- of them it would. I think we joked about this. It's like oh, racing's too loud. Oh, what do you mean? Here, come to the race. We'll show you. <laughs> get to the race. Yeah, it's loud. They walk away. Like, I, I just spent two hundred dollars in NASCAR merchandise. What happened? You, know, <laughs> you never know. Some will hopefully fall that way. We'll see how it goes. Well, I, I just say my my last thing I want to say is no matter you know, I, and I even think memeing and joking like. I mean, I, I joked, I memed about it a bit. It's fun if it's if it's not in a, a point of malice fine uh but don't go harassing these people yeah like, don't, don't do that like, that's too no, that's too much not just if you're gonna make a funny comment fine because i i think that that's all good and and, and it's completely fine to do if it doesn't break <laughs> basically my thing is if it doesn't break uh no matter what your opinion is on if it doesn't break social media rules you're, I think or the fine. law, you know, like yeah, that's yeah. It. Don't like, don't break the law. Don't go go out of your way to make these people like have a living hell because they they don't deserve that. Yeah, you know? they live um, there too. They're just concerned citizens. Who... But but I'll tell you, the edited Wikipedia page of Nashville being famous <laughs> for five F one tracks was funny as hell. That was no, funny. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> that was that, was, that was good, <laughs> harmless and good fun. Yeah. All right. Now, we, uh, we're we going to have to move on because we do still have a ton to get to in this show, and we're closing on an hour and a half. So this, oh this, happened, this happened to us a couple of weeks okay. ago. We just There's just too much going on these days, and we all like to yeah. talk way too much. Um, <laughs> but next up is the mailbag question of the week. A reminder, Ooh. you can send your questions to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com, and we might answer yours in an upcoming episode. But this week's question comes from Blake. And his question is, so I started watching NASCAR back in the mid to late 1990s. My question to you guys is, what is your favorite race, any series, from the 90s? Mine is the 1995 Bristol Night Race, Earnhardt versus the Bonnie Part 1. Thanks and keep up the great, great work, guys. Thank you, Blake. And I agree that yeah. that Bristol race is obviously a classic. I actually recently was going back and watching some of the finishes to some of the Daytona 500s from the 90s. And like watching uh, 1993 Dale Jarrett's win, that finish, you, know, you forget how close Dale Earnhardt was. That would have been his first Daytona 500 win and he was I believe leading when they took the white flag or maybe it was two to go and Dale mm. Jarrett got a got around him or got yeah got he got around him with like five four to go I think and then helped yeah, on, it, was, it was it was in the last like two or three laps yeah, it was because Jeff like Gordon that. was in there it was a lot of heavyweights at the end of that race is what I was impressed by but what about I, you guys what are some of your favorite 90s 95 races? Bristol that race was good but honestly I liked 99 a little um, better I was just going to say, like, I've rewatched the 1999 Bristol Night Race. It's on, it's in high quality on NASCAR's channel. So I'd have to say that's my favorite race of the 1990s. It's, it's right funny now. how both of those races have, honestly, 
almost identical finishes except for where the red different results yeah and that. like different results too mm -hmm. i can't remember the year because i didn't go to actually check it all right um so i kind of feel bad for that i, I believe it's in the 90s it was a bristol race early 90s um but it ended out with like four to six guys in contention to win and it was back before bristol was like you basically conveyor belt on the bottom i can't remember what year that was I can remember year. the people. Never year. I can remember the people who were who were running up front. I believe I want to say Davy Allison was up front. Um, there was one year where Allison and Mark Martin they they finished like side by side. I think I can't yeah. remember which one. That yeah, was. I think that's it. If somebody can say it in the chat, I think I, it was ninety three maybe or ninety two. No, that wouldn't. Well, I think it was ninety. It looks like is what they're yeah. saying in the chat. Um, yeah, it might be that, that one. That one. I, I enjoyed watching. Some are saying 91, 90. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll go on Broken Racing Reference to find out. Yeah, it's one of those. Apparently, but... apparently, that's what us YouTubers do. Um, we only read Racing Reference on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. <laughs> it's a good-ass good site. Um, that's literally what the show was every week. Okay, guys, page one of Racing <laughs> Today. We, we go through the drivers in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> go from 96 First, like go Eric year to Amarola, year AA. <laughs> <laughs> well a lot of great races picked from from the 90s like last north wilkesboro race was in the 90s so some memorable 1992 hooters 500 i see a lot of people saying in the chat of course that's that's an easy one yeah. six was well, six drivers mathematically uh contended yep. for the championship yep. there it is there it is 1990 valleydale meets 500 there you Ooh, go there well we done go. crystal john that was one of the first like high quality races NASCAR uploaded too, and that was like in 2017 when they did that before they started doing it on a regular basis. Now, it's it's good. It's a good. Yeah, it's race. really good. Uh, yeah. I think people should watch it. It's very underrated, and it, for some reason, it's been forgotten in history already. I remember it because Derek Cope he crashed in that race, and I put that in my bad seasons of video. Of course, he <laughs> did. yay, Derek Cope! <laughs> Hooray! I'll Hooray. check that one out. You said it's on NASCAR's YouTube channel. Yeah, it, and what is it called again, Jared? Valley Dale Yeah. 1990 Valleydale meets 500. You'll find a better quality yeah, version on their channel. That's an impressive name. Well, uh, thank you so much for the question, Blake. Again, you guys can send your questions to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com, and we might pick it. Um, next up, before we get to the lightning round, I can I can sense a cold front coming in, but we have to thank our first sponsor of the night, Lionel Racing. Jared, take it away. Yes, so uh, thank you to Lionel for sponsoring us uh, for the lightning round. Uh, Lionel, official diecast provider of NASCAR. Uh, I saw, Eric, that you have uh, kind of helped out a little bit with the 2021 yeah. diecast front uh, coming in. Uh, but cool. they, were, they were on the car for Noah Gregson last year at the Roval. Uh, and I think 2021 still has some pretty, pretty big things coming up uh, for Lionel. And I will say that... Li just thank you to Lionel for supporting the NASCAR Weekly Podcast and uh, the Out of the Groove Podcast Network too. Uh, what 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 diecast do y'all have? Darren, you got that nationwide. That that was one yeah. of my favorite nationwide schemes. This is the a classic, doors. dude. This has a lot of meaning to me because I saw Junior's basically his final Cup win, unofficial Cup win, but it came in the 2016. Uh, I think I I believe it was uh, dual race number one from 2016. Yeah. That was basically his final one. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be an awesome year. And then, yeah, <laughs> never mind. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and also, depending on whatever day you want to be, that could also be a Jeff Gordon or an Alex Bowman. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that too. So, yeah, Jeff Gordon throwback, Alex Bowman throwback now. Nice. They did run this exact scheme. So, yeah. 
I like this. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I uh, I forgot to bring one down here. So I'm and, just gonna, I'm just going to say that I have gladly pre-ordered a Alex Bowman Richmond win for my friends at Lionel Racing. Fantastic. Nice. Good recovery. I got the Dale Jr. stained car. Uh, this is this is an awesome one. You can look at the, the color here. Oh, I uh, remember that. That's a good scheme. And and if you look, I don't know if you can tell. You can't tell really, but the E on DEI is made to look like guitar strings, which oh. is really cool. Mm-hmm. You got the stain logos everywhere. And here's something that a lot of people might not know is uh, back in the early 2000s, they did absolutely everything with NASCAR merchandise, including mm-hmm. editing the... Uh, the die casts to be piggy banks. Oh, so nice. if you look in the back do- window here, wow, there's a hole ah. where you can put coins in, and on the other side, there's a key. That's and the key crazy. Opens up the gas tank, and the gas tank is your piggy back- bank. Oh, so, uh, the amount of detail. And and it's putting out the black flat. He's he's leaking dimes on turn two. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a bank die cast. It actually doesn't look bad. Some of the bank die cast i've seen i've had like black dot windows and they don't look good i've got a bank well, die cast credit one <laughs> with these ones though uh they use the actual die cast and and just sort of edited upon the actual die cast so that's pretty it's, cool it's really cool if you find one of these kind of things take uh keep it because they don't make these anymore mm. they so don't make them like they used to basically awesome and i'm just rocking matt kenseth's credit one car from last year it is signed by matt kenseth this was uh, like my last big merchandise purchase. You know, as a Matt that's Kenseth, the bad season's car. Buy, I know, I know, I know. This is, this is why, like, the, this is like the only <laughs> thing I bought from last year. But like every year, you gotta buy your favorite drivers' new stuff. This yeah. is about the only thing I got for Kenseth. I got this in a T-shirt, and that was like it. But uh, it's a slick-looking paint scheme. Too bad credit one's not with Chip Ganassi Racing anymore. Yeah, they are. They bolted. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Larson's not here. Between well, Larson and Kenseth sucking, it was oh, there yeah, like oh, we're we're gone. But no, yes, thank you to Lionel, and yes, we did do a big giveaway for their latest NASCAR Authentics wave, and we actually did pick a winner. We're just waiting for confirmation from their. Uh, we sent them an email, so hopefully we get that confirmation. Mm-hmm. But thank you to everyone. We will be giving away other uh, wave wave three diecasts <gasps> well over the next. I just got an email. I won. I won the thing. What? I told them Whoa. not to pick favorites. Oh, oh wow. No, well, I'm just kidding. Opens it's email and it's eviction notice. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Congrats, you won. It was. It was. Yeah. You kicked out. That's pretty sinister. That's rough. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but thank you to Lionel Racing. Now, boys and girls, I think that cold front has gotten a bit closer. It's the lightning round. What time is it? Hey. Lightning round wow. on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I, I hurt yourself. Lungs. I have some strong lungs, don't yeah. I? I like to think that the lightning has just like shot right through Derry, and that's what makes him get all that energy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, strong lungs, man. Hey, I ran long distance back in high school, bro. I ran with the best of them out here in that Vegas. Gosh, that, broke it, that broke your microphone. Yeah. His yeah, mic yeah. is noticeably quieter now. So now, oh, it did. No. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta readjust it. It's so in shock. That's why I have just, just, okay, space. okay, just scream real quick and maybe it'll fix it. <laughs> God, I, I feel for the people listening on Spotify. Yeah, what is this Tarzan impression? That was new. <laughs> oh, no, that needs to be one of those out of contact clips right there. Uh, Jared, what do we have on tap today? Uh, God, we just so lost like, 20 viewers because of that. <laughs> he's so quiet. He's so quiet. Uh, uh, anyway, um, it's actually a shorter lightning round, so we can actually flash flood, you may say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Daytona, Darlington, and Kansas will be at 100% capacity Ooh. for their seats. No restrictions for their fall races this year. 
and uh, I intend to be at all three of those. <laughs> uh, you, just, you, just, you go everywhere. Where, what racetrack have you not been to, Jarrett? Oh, um, there's a lot. Sonoma, oh. Watson's <laughs> Glen. Uh, I guess everywhere, the lot out west. Yeah. Everywhere on the west coast. Yeah, never everywhere mind. on the east coast. I gave you too much credit. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. It just feels like you're always on the road. You're always going to a race. It's, it's like, when are you home? I like it. My my life my life is turning into a Willie Nelson song. Uh, teams will no longer be able to add or remove tape to the front grill, according to Jim Mudder. I know we talked about this a little last week. Uh, for Did the next we? gen, yeah. Oh, we, for we, the next gen, yeah. Oh, okay. um, so there's that. Uh, expect Nice to go from a four full time truck team to three. Uh, could run a fourth truck in select races, according to Bob Pachris. William Byron. Is the first HMS driver to have ten straight top tens since Jeff Gordon in two thousand seven, according to Dustin Albino. Wow. Oh. Darren, you've gotten even quieter. What? This is crazy. All right, let me re enter. I'll be back. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> He's gone. He'll be back. I got my eye open for him. All right. A walk-up tent will be set up at the track for Johnson and Jackson, Johnson and Johnson vaccines. Uh for anyone eighteen and older at Dover, according to Bob Pockers. This weekend, uh, that's cool. Yeah, hopefully they perform better than Johnson did last year. No, uh, no, no. I've just – Hey, that is fitting that the track that Jimmy won like a million races at would be – you know, that's where the Johnson, Johnson – anyway, I, yeah. I'm just trying to tie things together. That's all I'm trying to do here. <laughs> uh, RFR will have the planters scheme on the six car at Nashville mm-hmm. and will be an associate for six more races, four of which will be before Nashville, according to Adam Stern. Roman's uh, losing Custer. so much these days, he's even losing sponsors to other drivers. Okay. Da- Danny, what's going on over there? Oh, wow, <laughs> gosh. Okay, mic check, mic check, mic uh, check. I think it's better. Yay, it's better. I Yay. think. Yeah, I think. Okay, that sounded good. Okay, just just talk I, normal a little bit. I just. I don't want to. Oh, wanna, you're quiet. You're quiet. Still oh, quiet. No. You, you broke his mic. It's only a little quiet. I don't know. Wait, well, let me turn it up. I'm going to turn up the audio. On this. Oh, All God. Right, then it's go. going to fix itself, and we're going to be... It's going to fix itself, yeah. and just the whole stream gonna be, is going to Just going to be bass-boosted to the death. <laughs> well, while he's doing that... boosted While he's doing that, Cole Custer will make his Xfinity return at Coda next week in the number 17 SS Greenlight Racing Ford, according to motorsport.com. For, Jeremy for, Mullins. For what team? SS Gr- Greenlight Racing. Rick oh, Ware. No, 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 technically that's Rick Ware. Yeah, it's yeah. Rick Ware. I'm going off the official statement. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jeremy Bullins it, is going to miss a second consecutive week as crew chief, and Bitcoin will be sponsoring a car to the moon at the Indy 500. Yeah, Ver, uh, Ver, Verucci, I think they're sponsoring. Uh, so he'll drive. He'll be driving the Bitcoin car. Be- All right. So Danny is going to get electrocuted. I am going to go and get a cough drop because my throat hurts. So I'll be right back. Yeah. You. And that was the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Did you just fix and it? I think you fixed it. I think I fixed it by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you, fix you, you did. You're back to normal. Wow. There we go. That's impressive. The magic. So, the magic of the lightning round. So every time the lightning round happens, you're gonna break and you're gonna come back. <laughs> mm-hmm, pretty break, much. Unbreak. Break. Unbreak. Unbreak. Well. In case your microphone ever gets completely broken and you need to, like, I don't know, bring out some heavy machinery to fix that it. That one screw, that one screw still killing well, me. Well, I'm thinking more if you need to, like, weld one piece of metal to another piece of metal. I don't know. This would be <laughs> a pretty intense project. But if you ever need to, 
our friends at Forney Industries will have you covered. Forney Industries is another proud sponsor of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. They offer a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and much more. Great for do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers. Forney has everything you need for your next project, like that that pesky microphone, Darian. You, mm. you just bring a blowtorch out of <laughs> get the get the, the mask over it. We need to do that with Danny's old mic when just I was out. Build there. your own microphone. Yeah, just build it from the ground up. You can shop Forney's top of the line products at Forneyind, Forneyind.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. And now local Forney dealer where Forney supplies are sold. Absolutely. Now we can finally get to these super chats. You guys have sent in a ton of super chats tonight, so I will do my best to get through these very, very quickly. A lot of expensive super chats too. Well, yeah, technically wow. they're all expensive, but some are more than others, obviously. <laughs> We really appreciate uh, the support. Um, thank you guys for chiming in. Groovy Goose, much earlier in the evening, says, I give the race a 69% on the Groovy Goose gauge. Ooh, Very nice. Ooh, nice. Irvin Alvarado says, Danny B, I did not know Nashville had five F1 tracks. I could have bought tickets to see the Nashville, Nissan, Tennessee, Honky Tonk, or the Grand Ole Opry Jeep Reapy and see Lewis Hamilton Wooden Wall. Yeah, yes, person. we have underground F1 races. I'm actually the, the Lewis Hamilton of Nashville Underground. Irvin, yeah, that, that was a, that was really a good cool comment. Funny thing is, these um, cough drops were kept in a warm place, so they turned kind of into cough gummies. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's they, seriously like chewing gum. Oh, wow. Thank you, maybe Daniel. I'll like a, maybe I'll do like a Violet Bow Garden. Oh, like oh, just you're welcome, crazy. Eric. Thank you, Dan. Yes, Sorry. thank you, Danny B. Thank you, Daniel Shell. Uh, if you told me in 2013 that Martin Truex Jr. would have 30 wins and be a Hall of Famer, well, a future Hall of Famer probably, I'd say, what drugs are you on? What career does he remind you of? Sterling Marlin, kind of to an extent. I don't know. He's Just, won I, with the championship and more wins and stuff. Yeah, it's like Marlin could have been a champion in 2002, maybe yeah, had it not close. been for that. Maybe he was close, though. He was in contention, so we'll never know for sure. Thank you, GN. Domination by leaders is okay for the sport. If you try and artificially create a 2003 Darlington or 2018 Chicagoland, it's not as special anymore. I think that's true. Yeah. We, can, we need some just average races to set mm-hmm. a good baseline. Uh, St. Denny, really loved your video, Iceberg, but man, that one lady talking about 5F1 tracks, cringe level over 9,000. I know. That's what so I'm saying. Well, I had to pause it for a second. I told you all before the show, I have a smile in the whole time because I'm like, this just helps our case more. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Jared's like, content, content. Yes. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. Scott McNew, what I loved about this race besides Truex winning was seeing the drivers racing on edge. Really glad the 750 mm-hmm. package is back for Darlington. I think we all agree with you there. Oh, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, Bryce, for the 10. With the exciting Coda coming up, do you think uh, – or do you think guys – do guys think – what am I trying to read? Do you guys think this race will be the most exciting road course on the schedule or will uh, the driver's inexperience on the track bring it down? I really don't know. I, I don't know. When IndyCar showed up, it was one of their better races of the year. But IndyCar races completely different than NASCAR at these types of tracks. So I think really all bets are off. It could be great. It could be single file, not much passing. I really hey, I, I guarantee you turn one will probably be – that will probably be the most exciting turn. And we'll be there, you and me, Jarrett, right there. The right at the top alone. of the hill. Yeah. yeah. Superbird43, thank you. Uh, who do you guys think is the next new winner? i go Hamlin. I'm yeah, and well, on that one. Hamlin, yeah. He's got to win eventually. Ooh, Harvick, okay. Ooh. okay. I like how we think that's a surprise now. <laughs> I know. Times have uh, changed. Thank you, Groovy Goose. Eric, I like your profile pick. Thank you. Spin the UFO. That's for you, Jarrett. Spin yeah. the UFO. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention, that's a good profile pick, Eric. I like that. Well, thank you. I, I don't really, I don't know if I like it. I, I might, 
alter it again sometime soon. So don't get too attached to what's, it. Just yellow and black. What's the background? Is it just like some just colors or what, it's what just, is it? It's just yellow and white. I took it in front of this green. Well, it's yellow right now, but this is a green screen. I took a photo in front of this <laughs> and then just made a plain background. But I wanted to make it more yellow out of the groove colors. But I might adjust. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but thank you. Uh, then Platinum Paradise. Uh, today's my birthday, and all I want is the 750 package every weekend. Also, is Truex and Larson's this uh, and Larson this year's Hamlin and Harvick. First off, happy birthday! Happy Good birthday! Second, you. second uh, off, I I don't know if I could if I'd say this looks like Hamlin and Harvick last year because Larson's only got one win. Yeah, he's been really competitive, but we haven't seen dominance outside of Truex from anybody else this season. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say no. It's not. I I wouldn't go there just yet. If now, if Larson does progress and win more races. Um, specifically, uh, specifically at these mile and a half uh, tracks where he seems to be the most dominant at, then we can um, come back to that discussion. And Groovy Goose, Eric E-Step, where is Eric F-Step? Never know. Don't look in my closet. Platinum Paradise again. Darian, Miser- Miserable Seasons, Eric Almarola 2021. You got that being yeah. worked on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to come at it. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'll just call it like a bad seasons video. This is like some a sort of monumental... Seasons. Some sort of monumental fall off that I haven't really seen. Atrocious. Train wreck seasons. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's awful. Thank you. Thank you, Scott McNew. Harvick's back is taking a toll from carrying SHR. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. He is uh, carrying them. Daniel says SHR is SOL. That is also true. Uh, Jake says Harvick is a total cheater boy. More Harvick uh, hate. Is this his guy? That same guy, right? He I, was a I, cheater boy. We already got Fan Rand Tan 48's big super chat. Thank you again for that. Richard Burnish, thank you. We need to bring Michigan back to two races and bring back Brickyard 400. Drop the second Darlington and take Texas off the schedule. Also, Harvick smells. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? More Harvick hate. Uh, I think one I, Michigan race will go well for that track. I think one is good as well. As Man, let's bring IndyCar back to Michigan. Let's see what happens. Like, I'll, I'll put it like this. Back when that track had 80,000 seats in 2016, I went there. They they probably only had 20,000 people there that year. Oh. Uh, they, they needed to combine the dates to try and get the fan support. Turnout. They need to get some turnout, yeah. Thank yeah. you, St. Denny. A lot of young talent coming up in the next few years, but nobody I'm more excited to see than Todd Blue. <laughs> Todd Blue. Bain, He's the new Ty Gibbs. Bane Gang. Uh, Trevor Bane will be back. Mark my words. Hashtag Bane Gang. There we go. Uh, Dustin says, hey, my favorite YouTubers. Hello, Dustin. Hey, hey. thank you. Hi, Hi Dustin. What's up? Um, Benjamin Spencer. Harvick's motto, I don't always wreck the field. But when I do, it's to advance to the championship, the next championship round. Okay. There you go. <laughs> he's, he's not letting that go. Yeah, Harvick like, fans are, these are from it's multiple sick. different people, too. So everyone's got a dig oh, in for Harvick. This is wild. Six years. Yeah. Thank you, Justin James. We need to bring back the 2014 rules package with low downforce for the short tracks. This is uh, except for plate tracks. Also, boo Harvick. <laughs> oh, my God. What is going on? I don't think we'll ever see 900 horsepower back, at least not until yeah. maybe hybrid I'm, engines. But. I might pick Harvick a lot more from now on just so I can piss <laughs> off the chat. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I might have to consider it. These were all from like an hour ago too. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Boogie Monster, if Dale Jr. takes his team to Cup, is it a given that he promotes one of his Xfinity drivers or should he get a driver with more Cup experience who's still cheap, such as DiBenedetto? Depends uh, on sponsorship. Yeah, it depends on the sponsorship. Yeah, I think I, Allgaier will bring the sponsorship. That's yeah. why I think Justin Allgaier would get the 
get the nine. Michael Annette? Yeah, Dark Horse would be a net just based on. I know it's not the sexiest pick, but he does he, have cup experience. He can run the flying J88 card with 30. Or maybe week. we could see in their first year, both of them possibly go part time, maybe, but net some. And then, I mean, it could I, I would like that, a rotating. Whatever yeah. gets the job done. Bruce, thank you. The truck series has degenerated into a wreck fest. It feels like a lot of drivers are in over their heads. <laughs> How can it be fixed? Oh, I. I don't know, man. It's just like you really have this like case where it's like there's a few of these like scrappy veterans that are still left like crafting in them, and then the rest are just like these kids. You know what I mean? Like so, basically, like I, I think even more cost reduction. Uh, that yeah. way, you don't have to. It doesn't take as many uh, dollars to get somebody up the ranks. You don't have to force them up for pay drivers who might, or not even pay drivers, but just drivers who aren't ready yet, but they have the sponsorship are forced up. I think that's the best way to do it. Now, how you do it, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think maybe decreasing the field size again. Maybe that might help. Because they run 43 trucks, right? Or 40? 40. Right? They've been running okay. 40, 40 when they don't have qualifying. It's mm. a lot of trucks. Um, we have a ton of super chats here. I, I, I'm going to try to get through many of them, but I may not. I may just have to thank a lot of you guys. We really do appreciate the support. But I, I literally, we literally have upwards of 30 more super chats, and we're already running <laughs> late. So I greatly apologize if I don't if we don't answer all of your questions. But thank you, Dustin Thatcher. Send another super chat. Uh, vote Kyle. Oh, we already got vote Kyle's in there as well. Andrew Meyer, thank you. The residents of the neighborhood next to the National Fairgrounds should be more upset at the government for bad city planning instead of SMI and BMS. That's potentially true thank you Valid. for the very generous super chats mm. tvp underscore 83 really appreciate that dustin again thank you scott mentions portland as a good opportunity mm -hmm. um rowdy 18 wants a washington dc street course tvp is talking about ohio's lifting some of their covid restrictions that could come into play soon um groovy goose is talking about the national fairgrounds versus karen's as the next great <laughs> um thank you caleb uh says he sent me a dm on Facebook. I'll check it out afterwards, Caleb. Thank you. Um, and then Gray HV says he actually prefers Nash Nashville Super Speedway to the fairgrounds. Yeah, I, I hope yeah, the race is great in June, but we'll see. It's, it's a nice place, and y'all might want to be paying attention to my channel next week. Oh, that's good right. Tease. Good segue there. Um, and then Nerd Talk with Shane and what's his full name? I don't have it. Coffee, coffee I want to make sure I get it. Oh, no. It just went away. <laughs> it doesn't show me with your full name. I'm so sorry. But Shane uh, says that the votes, the fair board votes will be in July. So we still have some time until mm, anything yep. gets confirmed. Alan uh, is is convinced NASCAR can save North Wilkesboro Speedway. We'll see if it happens. Thank you, Nicholas Gray. Danny, are you going to the Coke 600? And yes, I am excited for Coda. Where are you going to the Coke 600, Danny? And he also asked, where can he find the tent vendors? Not going to Coke 600, but I've been there before. And when I went, they were kind of right outside, right around. Like there's a main intersection where a main road meets up with the other main road right in the middle. It's kind of like right there, right around the front stretch area. You can't miss it. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Cameron Andrews. If there was a track if you could add to the NASCAR schedule that you know will never be added, what would it be? For me, it would be the Monza Oval. Honestly, that kind of sounds fun. I don't know. Rainbow Road. Shit, I don't know. Rainbow Road. I've, tried, I've raced that on NR2003. It's a Baby Park. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd Road Atlanta. In, I'd bring in the Groovy Gulch. Ah, I like that. Nice. I, I feel like Road Atlanta is never going to get added on, so I'll say that one. That's yeah. not that exciting, though. Like, just, just, it, that seems that almost seems too realistic. Well, you come <laughs> on. Let's be real. NASCAR would be like, where Brad Kozlowski broke his ankle. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. They all, oh, they oh Yikes. Thank you, St. Denny. What do you guys think of Kyle Busch's comments about NASCAR at the end of the race? Do you think he'll get it in is, trouble? It's getting annoying. It's good. I've, I've noticed that NASCAR, 
He, he basically NASCAR said oh, that his tweeted. day ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. ended worse. Well, the, the overall, I've noticed they're they're they've gotten very I, I don't know how to describe it. Just kind of off with their marketing on social media. Um, but uh, that one is like his day ended out worse than it started, and it's like the dude finished third. Like, yeah, like what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, that's that's a. I think that's part of a much larger problem overall. We can talk about some other time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then thank hey, you, Groovy hey, Goose. Eric, Eric, did you just swear something? Everyone's saying I, I might have under my breath. I apologize. Disney oh, cast members no. don't curse. I'm not no. a Disney. Don't sign my paychecks anymore. Hi, it's the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, and you're yeah. watching Disney Channel. Yeah, thank you, Groovy Goose. Since Fox is marketing the season as the best one ever, do you think this? <laughs> how does this season compare to seasons since you've all been fans? I think it's been okay. Oh. It's certainly, top half. Yeah, definitely a top half. I'm only 12 races in, so who knows where it'll Pretty be towards cool the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since Thank- we've experienced uh-huh. that. Thank you guys for all those super chats. We'll get to the rest at the end, hopefully, but we do have at least one other story to talk about before we get into our predictions, and we're already closing in at two hours, and I got a pee. So we're going to rock and roll here for a moment, but thank you guys so much for the support. Next up, we can talk about this just a little bit, um, but we alluded to it earlier. After Sheldon Creed won the truck race Friday night in an unsponsored truck, you had some people tweeting that, oh, Marcus Limonis, Campbell, you guys should be sponsoring Sheldon Creed. He's too good. Marcus Limonis says that we've offered, but they said no. Sheldon Creed replied with, we're worth more than $15,000. Got everyone up in arms. I heard Marcus Limonis was in one of those uh, Twitter racing spaces last night, kind of giving some of his side of the story. Uh, to me, to my, in my opinion, he sounded like he still was kind of missing the overall point that people had been making. But needless to say, obvious Marcus Limonis has done a lot of good for a lot of teams this year. Uh, but he, you know, there's been some criticisms as well that perhaps by publicizing that $15,000 number that maybe he's sort of poisoned the market for some teams who are used to getting more than that for deals. Now it's hard for them to ask for more since everyone knows that they only get 15000 It's hit or miss. From team to team, it's different. But what did you guys make of the public little mini spat between Sheldon Creed and Marcus Limonis? So basically the incompetence of like both people on the side so, um, were pretty much exposed. I mean, first off, Marcus Limonis, like in a public, you know, in a public setting on Twitter, basically is like, you know, throwing out all of these numbers. And like you said, he's basically poisoned the well in terms of like trying to get sponsorships on that end. But on the other side, GMS, like, so let me get this straight, GMS. You're a you're one of the top truck series teams. Your um, best driver is is um, he's the defending uh, twenty twenty truck series champion in Sheldon Creed, and you can't get him like a single like you like you you basically can't get him enough funding to you know for at least some races. You know what I mean? So it's like basically on their side, it's like y'all have done. Uh, I don't think y'all have done clearly haven't done the best job in trying to market your drivers, trying to get, you know, some funding. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that while I think both of them are at fault here, I, I really think that the, the, the majority isn't on Lamonis, in my opinion. Mm, yes, no. he shouldn't have put the, the numbers out there. That definitely will poison the market for a lot of the bigger teams. But at the same time, it's not like he had to do this. No, right? no. He went out there and basically said, "Hey, you don't have a sponsor. Put my put Camping World on it. And I'll give you this much." Which, in the definition, you know, by definition, would be sponsoring. But it's definitely not like the, his intent. Oh, I'm going to sponsor all these trucks. Um, and I'm get. I, I I was getting very annoyed on. I think it was Saturday 
when all this was going down. I was getting very annoyed by people being like, yeah, well, you know, he's worth this, this, and this, and he only gave this much. Why can't he pay more? And it's like, he's paying $15,000 more than they would have gotten anyway, mm-hmm. which while yeah. not good is still a lot better than they'd be doing. Now I know that it's not going to cover every damn cost. Um, but I think Tommy Joe Martins, it was, uh, he chimed in on it on Twitter and said, well, if these teams didn't do as much needless spending as they do, and he was talking about when he ran a truck team that, well, that would cover a lot more than people are saying. It's not drops in the bucket. Like a lot of people are saying, um, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people were saying NASCAR fans love to spend money when it's somebody else's. And this is a perfect example of it uh, for the fan side of it. That, that's really where I, my focus was, uh, the fan side. And that and the incompetence of GMS to not sponsor a champion. Seeing some of the, you know, the drivers, you know, who have honestly been grateful and have benefited for this kind of sponsorship, though, does it start to diminish a Camping World sponsor as a pity sponsor? Oh, like, hey, we can't get sponsors, so we have to get, like, the guy to sponsor us. I I know what you mean. It maybe is a weird thing. We've all noted. Everyone's noticed it. But if you go onto Twitter any day of the week, there's a very good chance you'll see a driver or a team. or Hey, Camping World, want to sponsor me? Or in some cases, the superstar racing experience, putting one of those tweets (laughs) out, saying, hey, at Camping World, want to do something? So it gets a little tiresome. So, yeah, I think there is something to be said for that is it's it's viewed as sort of if you have Camping World on your car or truck – we all know it was kind of a last-ditch effort. And that's the yeah. point you're making, Jared, and that we've kind of been making is you probably know that Marcus Lemonis didn't pay full price for that because he's sort of coming in last minute. Again, 15000 That's true. I think that is true. 15000 is better than zero. But you know, one point Tommy Joe Martin's made that I, I think he at least missed, one point I think he kind of missed is you know, to him, if he got $15,000 a race every race, I think he said that would like fill their whole budget for the year. That would like hit their mark, his sponsorship mark for the year. The problem is – a championship truck series team. If you're telling me a t- championship truck series team is worth 15,000, I'm sorry, but 25th place Xfinity Tommy Joe Martins, you're not worth 15,000. That's what I'm being told there. That's what I'm, I'm being told. If a, if a top team in NASCAR is worth 15K, then the 25th place teams, the Norm Bennigs, you're not worth $15,000. So there's a trickle down effect there, perhaps, that I think mm-hmm. some people aren't noting, noting. But at the same time, I. That is my only issue is that he made a lot of these numbers public. I think that hurts some teams yeah, no. in ways that he is unwilling to admit. But at the same time, I think Marcus Lemonis's support of the truck series cannot go, you know, uh, cannot be underappreciated, understated. Like he's obviously helped a lot of teams out. He's helped the series out. He's helped NASCAR out. And when I was listening to him a little bit during that Twitter spaces thing he jumped into last night, you know, he kept reiterating that he's been around. Camping World's been around. They've been a loyal supporter of nascar and different teams for 15 20 plus years at this point you know, he deserves a ton of credit for that that's great we need more sponsors more investors like marcus most in the sport that's great but you know that my only nitpick is with that little details i just think you know he calls sheldon creed unprofessional and gms unprofessional i think that's arguably true i think limonis has also done some things that you know i don't think needed to be made public you know here's the thing though Nobody was, they weren't complaining early in the season when they accepted the offer. <laughs> yeah. no, what sure, changed in the past couple of weeks of not being sponsored? I don't know. What, yeah. ch- what, what changed? That's a good point. You know, they, they, they didn't complain at Las Vegas. And, and in, my, in my opinion, at least from how I see it, I don't think this was meant for championship level trucks. You, you look mm-hmm. at the majority yeah. of the ones that have been it's sponsored. It's meant for back it's, markers. It's, well, it's Norm Benning. It's mm-hmm. Jordan Anderson. In all respect to Jordan, but his team is not a, a championship mm-hmm. contending truck mm-hmm. team. He'll tell you that. This wasn't intended for for championship level people. And I think this took off more 
from that one weekend than I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were, were were thinking and intending. And it to. blew up in his face, but basically. I, I will say though, like, I don't you know, think Sheld- it did. Sheldon Creed is obviously going to be your GMS like flagship driver. You know, he's mm. the one who's got a little bit more value on him and everything. But they just released someone like Rafael Lasard because the funding wasn't there. When there's a guy who's saying, "Hey, I'll fund you," just tell tell me if it's okay. It's just, it's just once you just keep throwing out like all these like dollar signs, like, hey, I'll give you this much and shit. Then like, I feel like at some point, some of these teams are going to get really greedy too and start asking for more too. And then, like you said, like, I felt like this, the, um, this whole deal originally, um, at least in my mind was, I felt like, okay, this will probably last maybe a, a few weeks here and there and stuff. And then, you know, some of these back marker teams will, you know, they might get some money out of this. I don't know, but Hey, at least they'll have something on the truck. Right. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh, like it's like some of these uh, bigger teams have been approached and stuff in the past too, oh, and they're and just the, straight up declining the it. Begging the begging, yeah, begging. Uh, yeah, that's not that, that's not a good pathetic. look. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Pathetic. It, it's like, you know, it's like if we're gonna compare like to stick and ball sports, because I know a lot of people will do that. It's like if somebody who's a mid-level player is starting to beg Nike for like a minimum. Oh, league. that's just like, it's not it a good just, look. I, I, it I looks bad. It doesn't look good. I won't call it pathetic because we all know racing is a ruthless industry. Every dollar goes a long, long way. It wasn't at first. It, it is it, now. I, it's well, been that, 10 mm. weeks. <laughs> I will say when when the SRX put out one of those tweets, I was like, "Good." That I did was. roll my eyes. I was like, "Are you kidding me now?" Oh, come on. What y'all hey, at least they got progressive though, so at least oh, they yeah, were winning. They got flow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got flow at least. Yeah. But damn, they were like, "Hey, can, you, can we have some money, man?" Like everyone's just asking Marcus the most for money now. Like, come on. Well, I feel like what it's like you? you know when you're like 16, <laughs> and you just walk up with your hands in your pockets, hey, mom. I have twenty bucks to go to the movies with my yeah, friends. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, it's like it's That's like hey mom, can I have some like. gas money, please? You know what I mean? And, like yeah, well, like and then and 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 with social media being so prevalent, with all of this happening in public on social media, optics are a huge part of the sport now, mm. like more than ever, in my opinion. That's why I keep saying that thirty thousand people packed in a state in a uh and in, in the stands looks better than thirty thousand people spread over seventy thucand seat arenas. It just looks yeah. better. I think that's true. So, yeah. Absolutely. So basically, in conclusion, don't, don't don't beggars can't be choosers. By the way, beggars can't be choosers. Just saying. And uh, I, I don't know if this if this stuff continues. Like I, I don't know. I feel like we might have maybe a similar incident like this. Maybe well, that's I don't why know. you put the hundred thousand up. Somebody's. I, I guarantee you, someone will be desperate enough towards the end of the season to take that offer. Somebody will take it. I, th- I think someone will be desperate enough at, towards mm-hmm. the end of the year to take it. And I think that's yeah. part of Marcus Lemos's point is Sheldon Creed won that race. If he had theoretically put Camping World colors for fifteen thousand, he would have made a hundred thousand by winning that race. Uh, so it, oh, it's a yeah. new, it's a new. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? It's a new, not market. It's a new um, business model, I guess. It's a new model of sponsorship. Yeah. That we haven't well, seen before, at least not in this to this extent. I don't know. I like they're like we know our worth. Well, our worth definitely wasn't enough that we knew that we were going to be in contention for a win, though. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite fortune tellers, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but on that note, we can move on. I know many people have been clamoring for this. We're closing in on two hours. It's time to talk Dover, the Monster Mile. Growing up, this is one of my favorite tracks. I've always thought it was kind of underrated. They lost a date this year. I'm not that sad about it. Oh, yeah, they did. That's, dude, wow, no. 
Dover only having one race. That's going to be weird. Miles wow. is getting lonely over there, but this weekend he won't be. He'll have thousands yeah. of his best friends in town. So See, this wasn't really my most favorite race growing up as a kid because either Johnson or Gordon, like they would just be up front and just That's dominate. True. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, so a Hedrick <laughs> car is going to win here. You know, as a kid, always growing up. I can feel that. I understand that. Um, well, the cup race will be on FS1. Radio will be MRN. Um, it'll start at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. So beautiful. The Xfinity Series will race this weekend as well. Their race is Saturday at 1 p- uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, also on FS1. And the radio will be MRN. For Saturday's Xfinity Series race, the weather's... Temperatures are good, 40% chance of showers, but uh, 73 degrees. Same for Sunday, almost 71 degrees are the average temps. 55% chance of rain in the afternoon, so we might be flirting with some weather disasters. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a total wash or anything like that, but we might have to play the waiting game periodically. Hopefully that concrete surface dries out quickly um also with as far as covid news is concerned they are expected to host a 37 percent capacity crowd which means roughly twenty thousand spectators and they have sold out of tickets i did see some people saying that like they had bought tickets and ended up getting turned away so it sounds like they actually sold more than twenty thousand, but had to pick. they had to narrow it down because of local Uh-oh. restrictions unfortunately but still it's going to be a very rowdy crowd i'm sure up there in delaware Let's get to picks. Actually, first, before we get to that, we have to talk about the the pick points currently. Jarrett took oh, that no. huge lead a couple weeks ago by sweeping the weekend. I've caught back up. I'll give myself some credit. I caught back up this weekend. So right now, yeah. Jarrett leads our, our current standings. He has 171 total points. I'm two points back. Then the chat... Oh, you you crazy people down there are 16 points back. Fourth is Danny, minus 19. Darian, you're back in fifth, minus 28. That phase. Well, I didn't see that one before. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, our guests, who we haven't really had that many guests lately, so that's maybe our fault. But the guests are slacking. They're 40 points back <laughs> in last place currently. Um, uh, what, Darian, what's it going to take to turn things around? Uh, just not sucking, but I, I don't know. It's been a bad. It's been a bad few weeks here. And by the way, folks, we do have uh, guest picks this week. We've got our good pal, Rusty Walrus, who has submitted picks good. 40 weeks. Thank you. It was my roommate last week, and obviously he didn't help. <laughs> he gained points. Oh, he did? Okay. Well, he's still in the yeah, back. But... Yeah, nice, 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 nice. All right. Well, we'll jump right in. We'll start with the Xfinity Series race. Who are y'all's picks to win? Who wants to go first? I will go first on this one, and I am going with Mr. Justin Allgaier, a seven car, is going to go to victory lane. Won here last year, and uh, he's going to get the win here this year as well. Yeah, he's definitely won here before. Uh, Austin Cendrick, can't go wrong with that pick. Austin Cendrick, he's going to win. Going to win. 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 Uh, I'll go. Is Ty Gibbs racing? He is. He is. He is racing. Yes. What's your pick, Jarrett? Allgaier. (laughs) Okay. I'm still going Allgaier. I like Ty Gibbs, but um, Allgaier is good here. I'm gonna take a safe bet on this one. Well, then really you're freeing me up to go all in with my. I'm actually going with Austin Cindric as well. This <laughs> last year he finished second and third in the two races here last year. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, he gets that extra spot and wins it this time. So I'm going with Cindric. Chat. What do you guys go? Wait, first off, while I'm reading the chat, Danny, who did Rusty Walrus pick as his Xfinity winner? Uh, he also went with Austin Cendrick. <laughs> oh, Everyone's that, gone. gone Gibbs. Surprisingly, not Noah Gregson. The chat, I'm going to make this quick. Sorry, chat, because we got a, still a lot to get to. You guys look like you're going Ty Gibbs. I think the chat picked Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I see Gibbs. All right, yeah. we're putting Gibbs. Gibbs in now. 
I'm just going with first impressions. Whatever I see in the chat, whatever we first things we see, that's what y'all are going with. So while Jarrett gets that down, let's move on to the Cup Series. Uh, who went first? Da- uh, Danny, who is your yeah. pick to suck on Sunday? Uh, sucking this Sunday, I've got I've got the 48 car. It's uh, <laughs> it's done good there in the past, but it's been a bad. It's been a pretty unlucky time, and uh, yeah, it's not gonna be good. Hey, last time. <laughs> Last time I picked him to suck, he won. So I was gonna say you picked him to suck like three times this year. You're so you're so like down. He's not. He's not good. He's not doing good this year. Not like that. Uh uh-uh. uh He's got his one win, but dang, if he didn't have that, he'd be below the cut line. That's so for sure. Who's your suck pick then, Darian? Oh, it's Bowman too. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Bowman like he's very hit or miss at Dover here. I feel like in 2019 he finished runner up to Truex, and it looked like he was about to get his uh, first career victory before Chicagoland that year. So. I don't know. He's, he's very hit or miss, but, I mean, he's been mostly missed this year. So, hey, Bowman. All he can do is uh, surprise me and make me happy now at this point. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep your expectations so a top low. ten. A top ten will feel like a win this week. Jared, I think I know who you're picking. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who's sitting, I believe, 14th in points, oh. Michael McDowell. Mm. Wow. I just, I think, I think this package isn't going to suit him very well at a track like Dover. I thought you were continue to hit the low hanging fruit of Eric Almarola for like the. That's too easy. That's so easy. Right, okay. I, I feel like I feel like I'm putting him in the same category now as like Corey LaJoy and Anthony Alfredo. <laughs> you just Mike, Michael it. McDowell is like a whole tier above Eric Almarola now. Is yeah, that what see, we've come to? see, picking him for like the who's gonna suck pick is like taking candy from a baby. Like you don't feel good about him. Like, I'm, I'm not like, putting. Oh. I, I'm saying I'm not putting Almarola in that top twenty seven. The competitive teams in NASCAR but, who yeah. could but come you, up. I don't think he is. But you are putting mcdowell because you're saying he's your suck pick so you, you would well consider- yeah mcdowell is in is currently like would be in the playoffs of a points right now like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just want to hear i just like hearing i don't like hearing i don't take pride in this but i just <laughs> it's funny to hear you know that michael mcdowell is like two t- notches above an shr car right he's now, at the crazy. same tier right now as spire that's crazy that, that like that's rough. that's that's, that's kind of how i see him right now hey that team won the 2019 coke 0400 put some respect on spy all right forget it this is too stupid all right my suck pick is kurt bush i think we said earlier he's 20th in points right now it has not been a great year for kurt bush but the last couple weeks his teammate chastain has actually outran him which Mm -hmm. has been quite shocking i think that trend might continue this weekend and maybe that's the sign for kurt bush to take himself out to pasture call it a day (laughs) that's what i mean retiring of course but in a more dramatic way very dramatic (laughs) <laughs> who's uh, who's Rusty's pick? While I look at the chat, the chat seems to be going out. Oh, dang, Darren, I didn't think we were going there, but <laughs> just uh, retire, bro. <laughs> so this one might be a little bit surprising, considering how much you like this guy. But Rusty says Blaney will suck this weekend. Wow, he's mm. he bought into your philosophy, Danny. Pick your favorite guy to suck, and sky's the limit you know yeah. yeah the chat it's between christopher bell and amarola but i think it's one guy spamming bell so i think it's eric amarola is yeah the amarola. yeah yeah i was looking at that you right. see we can tell when you guys spam something or not yeah. so <laughs> i usually have a timer i forgot to put on like the delay anyway whatever um underdog picks uh danny who's your underdog pick for your dark horse for dover my underdog it's funny you mentioned him just a few minutes ago but i'm actually gonna say ross chastain is my mm-hmm. underdog for i like this that one. I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe. He showed me something. He showed me something. I'm not saying he'll get it like a top 10, but if he can get a top 15, that's progress. I mean, uh, coming off the P11, his best finish so far this year. I want to see some progress over there. So Chase Briscoe, don't let me down. 
please. All right, I'm on the same train, different car. Cole Custer was finishing towards the top 10 in both Dover races last year. Ooh. I think he's a dark horse. He, he can get a top 15. That's a good pick. I'm not, I didn't even look at this guy's Dover stats, but just recently he's 12th in points. Austin Dillon has been quietly very consistent this year. Mm. doesn't seem to matter what type of track it is. I think he'll sneak into the top 10, make a little bit of noise in the stages, and uh, do his normal thing. So wasn't great for my pick last week. <laughs> well, you picked him to win. That was a little. That was. That, that, I wouldn't go that. Far. I was. I was using my point lead. Yeah, he was trying. using it. I was gambling, and I. I, I crashed and burned. <laughs> Chat seems a bit split. Who did Rusty pick as his uh, underdog? His underdog is uh, teammates to. I picked. Uh, he's going with Kurt Busch for underdog. Mm. I've seen a lot okay. of bushers for the yeah, chat. I do see a lot of bushers, although now they've kind of gone away. But I've also seen some Jones. No, there's a lot of bushers. Yeah, I think it's it's probably Busher. It's close, but I think it's Chris Busher. Write that down. He was the other person I was debating on for yeah. this, but I ended up going to Ross. Next year, we should honestly try and incorporate like picks for the Dark Horse and suck. Yeah, maybe. Let's figure out a way to calculate that. Uh, we'll but now, Darian, we've made it to the end. What time is it? Who's going to what this weekend? Who's going to we? He broke it again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did I break it? I think it's Uh-oh. okay. Oh, you uh, right. you don't, sound normal again. Don't breathe, right, break it. Don't breathe right. too heavily. Who's going to win? Who's going to win at Dover? Danny, kick us off here. Who you got? I am going with... He can't He can't keep going this long. It's Denny Hamlin. This is the week where he finally gets it. Denny Hamlin really? will win at Dover. I'm surprised. Okay. I'm surprised. That's That pick surprises me. Yeah. You know what? I picked him last week. Let's go with him again. Chase Elliott, he'll be the, what is it, 10, 11, or no, 11th different winner, right? 11th, Okay, yeah. okay. 11th. He'll be the 11th different winner of 2021. I, I got a feeling. He's had some success here, so. I'm telling you, y'all are missing one that seems like a pretty obvious pick. Last time he raced here, he won, and now he's in a better car. Kyle Larson. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I I picked him to suck last week. I knew that was a, that. I know that's a mistake. I ain't making that mistake again. I'm taking yeah, him, Larson. That's a good one. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah, you know, honestly, he kind of slipped my mind too. Uh, no, nah, I'll stick with the guy I picked. If Larson stick. wins, I'll be happy. Hold for the him. line. Hold but the line. I'm gonna go I'm with Hamlin because he cannot go this long without a win. I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. He finished second in both races here last year, and uh, he's shown that kind of quiet Martin Truex dominance these last few weeks. I think he goes. Back to back makes it four. Just starts blowing the field out at this point. We got a Todd Blue pick in the chat. Nice. <laughs> who did our guest pick? Yeah, who did the guest pick? Uh, he went with. Hold on, let me get it back. Pull up. He went with. Oh, he went with Larson as well. Oh, mm. yeah. great minds think man. Smart man. Yeah, the chats. A lot of Chase Elliott's Truexes. Probably between Elliot Truex. Well, now there's some Larsons. Now there's a lot of Truex. Oh. See, it's always split in the chat. Like, I can never, like, I, whenever I host them, I always have a tough time picking damn, them. Damn, that's going quick. Yeah, there's a, they, they really, they came out of the world. It might be Chase Elliot, actually. I actually think it might be Chase. Oh, might be it Chase. It looks like Chase. I'm going to go Chase. All right, you guys are with me. Same boat as me. So. Yeah. Let's do it. So we got Gibbs versus Hendrick as the win pick. Yeah, pretty, pretty consistently. Much. Yeah, wow. 
Well, awesome. Sweet deal. Well, we'll see if uh, any major shakeups occur between this week and next week in our standings. Um, before we go, we'll be on Danny B. Talks' channel next week, next Wednesday. We'll be later next weekend because that's the – or next week because that's the Circuit of the Americas Pro Invitational Race. So we'll be actually going live at 9 p.m. Eastern instead of 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we are expected to be joined by Nashville Super Speedway track president eric moses who darian danny you've already gotten the chance to talk to him yeah bit, he's so a pretty cool awesome. guy pretty chill pretty laid back so i will go ahead and say this a lot of y'all remember my video back in 2019 uh the rise and fall of national super speedway that obviously got a lot of attention when it first came out and they got a lot more attention last year when it was announced that the track would actually be coming back well now on monday i will be uh, releasing out finally the rise again of Nashville Super Speedway, in which I'm going to be giving you guys a full, pretty much a full-on tour of the newly renovated uh, Nashville Super Speedway, as well as a step-down interview with myself and Eric Moses that I want all of y'all to be sure to go and check out over on my channel. It's gonna go out probably about 9 a.m. Eastern time on Monday morning, and it'll be ready for you guys to watch. And then uh, we will also be joined again live with Eric Moses on Wednesday night. And, you know, maybe the other guys can come up with some questions that I didn't think of when I was out there with them. Fat chance would probably won't. I think you could probably, probably cover all the bases. In it, yeah, but... I think like he was asking them and I was like, oh, yeah, like podcast. <laughs> oh. We have nothing. I don't think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Danny B covered all of our all the ground, but we'll be able to ask him any sort of follow ups chat. You guys will surely get creative. I'm sure very excited, though, to have Nashville Super Speedway president Eric Moses with us next week. Now we do have to get through. I'm going to blow through these super chats at the end here. Really do appreciate the support, but this episode has already gone quite long and we have a lot to react to here. Um, but Scott McNew, thank you. He says this might be crazy, but in the next seven weeks, I'll be attending a race in some form of capacity. It sounds nice. like a beautiful summer to me. Uh, NASCAR Dippin' Sauce asks if he can sing the Out of the Groove theme for one episode. No. no. Uh, Adam, Adam, thank you. <laughs> SHR is taking lessons from uh, Haas F1. That's why they're trash. Nice. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, Does the out of the group theme song actually have lyrics? No, he's, I assume he's going to have it. Do 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 do. It's just a funny tune. We'll, we'll make it. We'll come up with one when we were at Nashville. It's country music capital of the world. We'll make a country music rendition of a. Uh, of the out of the group theme. Anyway, later that's for a later time. Cody says you guys should do a driver talent show, best to worst. Quick, who's the most mm-hmm. talented driver in NASCAR today? Uh, yeah, I was about to say Larson is, I guess you could Larson. say. I was actually leaning, this is going to sound crazy. I was leaning Harvick or Hamlin, but Larson would have been my top three. Yeah. Okay. I guess we're for, to talking about raw town, at least. He's my favorite. Overall, okay. yeah, outside of just NASCAR, definitely. Um, Edible Giraffe, thank you. I've heard people say the iceberg looks like the Dillon brothers. What drivers do the other three look like? <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that I look like Spencer Boyd, and I can say... <laughs> Sorry, See some, I keep getting like this mix of like. Per, at first, people said Bubba, but then I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. But then like, but then like some others were, um, they were saying uh, Sir Hamilton. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do wow. we'll go with that. Royalty. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that a little bit. Uh, Arcane thank you for the twenty. I really appreciate that. Uh, what would it take to get a movement going for a massive Daytona Charger-like wing on the back of the cars for the throwback race? If not. If not the gimmick race, aka the All Star race, can we organize well, this, please? Well, SRX already has that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. No, that would. Yeah, why not throw even more gimmicks at it at this rate? Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Tinsley says Harvick sucks. Spin the UFO. 
Daniel oh, dude, says, leave him alone. Make NASCAR great again. True Hyper Dark Sonic says Harvick dog water. I don't even know what that means. TVP83, if you guys need a guest picker this week, I can volunteer. Dang it, we already got Rusty's. But TVP, yeah. leave uh, uh, just a normal comment who your win pick is. And uh, by the way, to that last super chat, dog water, it means he's like booty. I guess he sucks pretty much. So uh, I imagine that's, that's a negative <laughs> thing. Um, Ryan Blaney is Rainbow Road said, did I hear Rainbow Road? <laughs> yes. <I didn't> <laughs> yeah, Rainbow Road. Um, Alan says, bring back Rockingham. Bruton Smith is a billionaire. He can he can do it. SMI uh, has hundreds of millions of revenue, so why is this even an issue? I mean, I don't think billionaires – one thing billionaires don't like doing is losing money. Yeah, so, they don't like spending <laughs> money neither. Yeah. So it would have to be a worthwhile investment to him. Another one from Ryan Blaney is Rainbow Road. It says Rusty Walrus offends him. I guess that's because Blaney – he picked Blaney to suck. Uh, Bake the Snake. Dover win will either be Truex or someone new. There won't be another repeat winner. Okay. Uh, and then the last two here. Um, TVP reminds us to get Eric Moses' guest pick for next week. We'll have to make sure. Oh, we yeah. That. We got to make sure we do that. We Eric Esparza with the last super chat. because of the hour. Oh, yeah. Smart, if, he's, yeah. if he knows what he's doing. Eric Esparza wraps it up asking, will Bubba win? Wow, what a uh, philosophical question! Not, not any, not this season. No, no, <laughs> not, not certainly not this season. I don't think. Well, maybe someday. And actually, Preston just dropped in. How long do you think Byron can keep that top ten streak going? I think he can get it to 15, 16. Caps oh, are so many super chats. Uh, GN Eric, do a live stream with that NASCAR trivia game you opened yesterday. That would be fun. I need to do that, and also this puzzle. Someone sent me a Matt Kenseth oh, jigsaw puzzle. That. Yep, I've seen we'll that. We'll put this together on a stream, or we'll put this together in Nashville. Bring it to guys. Nashville. Yeah, that's the same. Just almost drop oh, it. Isn't that like the Jeff Burton puzzle that I found at that? Uh, it is. Yeah, basically. And TVP says his win pick is Chase Elliott. So he agrees with at least with you, Darian, and a couple others. Mm. Will Kyle Busch win again? Dalton asks. Probably. He but yeah. Just, yeah, he'll win. Yeah, he'll win. These questions are ridiculous. Thank you guys for the super chats. I don't mean to rush through them, but we did get a ton tonight. That's amazing to see how much support this show has been getting lately. Mm-hmm. Y'all are extremely generous. Um, but that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Oh, there, you got the Jeff. There's the puzzle. There's the puzzle right there. Just slap myself. <laughs> and I already have the itinerary for next week ready to already go. Already done. The itinerary. The itinerary. Alrighty, Fully well. armed and operational itinerary. <laughs> That's going to do it for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. We'll see you next week, an hour later, but same time Wednesday night on Danny B. Talks' channel. Going to play us out there, uh, Jarrett. Yeah. The symphony of Dale that was Dale. good. That was alright. That was alright. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. bye. Is it going? Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.